the book of Nehemiah, which is called the second of Esdras. Chapter 8. Esdras readeth the law before the people. Nehemiah comforteth them. They celebrate the feast of tabernacles. And the seventh month came, and the children of Israel were in their cities. And all the people were gathered together as one man to the street which is before the water gate. And they spoke to Esdras the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Then Esdras the priest brought the law before the multitude of men and women and all those that could understand in the first day of the seventh month. And he read it plainly in the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and all those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book. And Esdras the scribe stood upon a step of wood, which he had made to speak upon. And there stood by him Mathathias, and Semiah, and Aniah, and Uriah, and Helsiah, and Messiah, on his right hand, and on the left, Fediah, Misael, and Melchiah, and Hassum, and Hasbadana, Zechariah, and Mosalam. And Esdras opened the book before all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he had opened it, all the people stood. And Esdras blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed down and adored God with their faces to the ground. Now Joshua and Bani and Serebiah, Jamin, Akub, Septai, Odiah, Messiah, Seltiah, Azarias, Jezebed, Hanan, Philiah, the Levites, made silence among the people to hear the law, and the people stood in their place. And they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and plainly to be understood, and they understood when it was read. And Nehemiah, he is Athersatha, and Esdras, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who interpreted to all the people, said, This is a holy day to the Lord our God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And he said to them, Go, eat fat meats, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to them that have not prepared for themselves, because it is the holy day of the Lord. And be not sad, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy, and be not sorrowful. So all the people went to eat and drink, and to send portions, and to make great mirth, because they understood the words that he had taught them. And on the second day the chiefs of the families of all the people, the priests and the Levites, were gathered together to Esdras the scribe, that he should interpret to them the words of the law. And they found written in the law that the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in tabernacles on the feast in the seventh month, and that they should proclaim and publish the word in all their cities, and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth to the mount, and fetch branches of olive, and branches of beautiful wood, branches of myrtle, and branches of palm, and branches of thick trees, to make tabernacles, as it is written. And the people went forth and brought, and they made themselves tabernacles every man on the top of his house, and in their courts, and in the courts of the house of God, and in the street of the water gate, and in the street of the gate of Ephraim. And all the assembly of them that were returned from the captivity made tabernacles, and dwelt in tabernacles. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, the children of Israel had not done so until that day, and there was exceeding great joy. And 
He read in the book of the law of God day by day, from the first day till the last, and they kept the solemnity seven days, and in the eighth day a solemn assembly according to the manner. Chapter 9. The people repent with fasting and sackcloth. The Levites confess God's benefits and the people's ingratitude. They pray for them and make a covenant with God. And in the four and twentieth day of the month, the children of Israel came together with fasting and with sackcloth and earth upon them. And the seed of the children of Israel separated themselves from every stranger, and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they rose up to stand, and they read in the book of the law of the Lord their God four times in the day, and four times they confessed and adored the Lord their God. And there stood up upon the step of the Levites Joshua and Bani, and Kedmihel, Sabaniah, Boni, Saribias, Boni, and Chanani. And they cried with a loud voice to the Lord their God. And the Levites Joshua and Kedmihel, Boni, Hasabnia, Sarabiah, Odoiah, Sabniah, and Pathathiah said, Arise, bless the Lord your God from eternity to eternity, and blessed be the high name of thy glory with all blessing and praise. Thou thyself, O Lord, alone, thou hast made heaven, and the heaven of heavens, and all the host thereof, the earth and all things that are in it, the seas and all that are therein. And thou givest life to all these things, and the host of heaven adoreth thee. Thou, O Lord God, art he who chosest Abram, and broughtest him forth out of the fire of the Chaldeans, and gavest him the name of Abraham. And thou didst find his heart faithful before thee, and thou madest a covenant with him to give him the land of the Canaanite, of the Hethite, and of the Amorite, and of the Pharisite, and of the Jebusite, and of the Gergesite, to give it to his seed. And thou hast fulfilled thy words, because thou art just. And thou sawest the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, and thou didst hear their cry by the Red Sea. And thou showedest signs and wonders upon Pharaoh, and upon all his servants, and upon the people of his land. For thou knewest that they dealt proudly against them. And thou madest thyself a name, as it is at this day. And thou didst divide the sea before them, and they passed through the midst of the sea on dry land. But their persecutors thou threwest into the depth as a stone into mighty waters. And in a pillar of a cloud thou wast their leader by day, and in a pillar of fire by night, that they might see the way by which they went. Thou camest down also to Mount Sinai, and didst speak with them from heaven, and thou gavest them right judgments, and the law of truth, ceremonies, and good precepts. Thou madest known to them thy holy Sabbath, and didst prescribe to them commandments and ceremonies, and the law by the hand of Moses thy servant. And thou gavest them bread from heaven in their hunger, and broughtest forth water for them out of the rock in their thirst. And thou saidst to them that they should go in and possess the land, upon which thou hast lifted up thy hand to give it to them. But they and our fathers dealt proudly, and hardened their necks, and hearkened not to thy commandments. And they would not hear, and they remembered not thy wonders which thou hadst done for them. And they hardened their necks, and gave the head to return to their bondage, as it were by contention. But thou, a forgiving God, gracious and merciful, long-suffering and full of compassion, didst not forsake them. Yea, when they had made also to themselves a molten calf, 
and had said, This is thy God that brought thee out of Egypt, and had committed great blasphemies. Yet thou in thy many mercies didst not leave them in the desert. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, and the pillar of fire by night to show them the way by which they should go. And thou gavest them thy good spirit to teach them, and thy manna thou didst not withhold from their mouth, and thou gavest them water for their thirst. Forty years didst thou feed them in the desert, and nothing was wanting to them. Their garments did not grow old, and their feet were not worn. And thou gavest them kingdoms and nations, and didst divide lots for them. And they possessed the land of Sihon, and the land of the kings of Hesibon, and the land of Og, king of Besan. And thou didst multiply their children as the stars of heaven, and broughtest them to the land concerning which thou hadst said to their fathers that they should go in and possess it. And the children came and possessed the land, and thou didst humble before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gavest them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land, that they might do with them as it pleased them. And they took strong cities and a fat land, and possessed houses full of all goods, cisterns made by others, vineyards and olive yards, and fruit trees in abundance. And they ate, and were filled, and became fat, and abounded with delight in thy great goodness. But they provoked thee to wrath, and departed from thee, and threw thy law behind their backs, and they killed thy prophets, who admonished them earnestly to return to thee. And they were guilty of great blasphemies. And thou gavest them into the hands of their enemies, and they afflicted them. And in the time of their tribulation they cried to thee, and thou heardest from heaven, and according to the multitude of thy tender mercies thou gavest them saviors, to save them from the hands of their enemies. But after they had rest, they returned to do evil in thy sight. And thou leftest them in the hand of their enemies, and they had dominion over them. Then they returned and cried to thee, and thou heardest from heaven, and deliverest them many times in thy mercies. And thou didst admonish them to return to thy law, but they dealt proudly, and hearkened not to thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. And they withdrew the shoulder, and hardened their neck, and would not hear. And thou didst forbear with them for many years, and didst testify against them by thy spirit, by the hand of thy prophets. And they heard not, and thou didst deliver them into the hand of the people of the lands. Yet in thy very many mercies thou didst not utterly consume them, nor forsake them, because thou art a merciful and gracious God. Now therefore our God, great, strong, and terrible, who keepest covenant and mercy, turn not away from thy face all the labor which hath come upon us, upon our kings and our princes, and our priests and our prophets and our fathers, and all the people from the days of the king of Assur until this day. And thou art just in all things that have come upon us, because thou hast done truth, but we have done wickedly. Our kings, our princes, our priests, and our fathers have not kept thy law, and have not minded thy commandments, and thy testimonies which thou hast testified among them. And they have not served thee in their kingdoms, and in thy manifold goodness which thou gavest them, and in the large and fat land which thou deliverest before them, nor do they return from their most wicked devices. Behold, we ourselves this day are bondmen, and the land which thou gavest our fathers to eat the bread thereof, and the good things thereof, and we ourselves are servants in it. And the fruits thereof grow up for the kings, whom thou hast set over us for our sins. And they have dominion over our bodies, and over our beasts, 
according to their will, and we are in great tribulation. And because of all this, we ourselves make a covenant, and write it, and our princes, our Levites, and our priests sign it. Chapter 10. The names of the subscribers to the covenant and the contents of it. And the subscribers were Nehemias, Athersatha, the son of Hekeli, and Sedesius, Sarias, Azarias, Jeremias, Phasur, Amarias, Melchias, Hattus, Sabania, Meluk, Haram, Merimuth, Obdias, Daniel, Genthon, Baruch, Mosalam, Abiah, Mayamin, Meziah, Beljiah, Semiah, these were priests, and the Levites, Joshua, the son of Azanias, Benuai, of the sons of Hanadad, Kedmehel, and their brethren, Sebaniah, Oduiah, Salita, Feliah, Hanan, Micah, Rohob, Hesibiah, Zachor, Serobiah, Sabaniah, Odiah, Bani, Baninu, the heads of the people, Pharos, Phahath, Moab, Elam, Zethu, Bani, Boni, Asgad, Bibai, Adoniah, Begai, Adin, Ater, Hezekiah, Azer, Odiah, Hesum, Besai, Hareph, Anathoth, Nebai, Mekphias, Mosalam, Hazer, Mesizabel, Sadok, Jejua, Feltiah, Hanan, Aniah, Osi, Hananiah, Hesub, Alohis, Phaleah, Sobek, Rehum, Hasebna, Messiah, Echiah, Hanan, Anan, Melech, Harun, Bena. And the rest of the people, priests, Levites, porters, and singing men, Nathanites, and all that had separated themselves from the people of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, all that could understand promising for their brethren with their chief men, and they came to promise and swear that they would walk in the law of God, which he gave in the hand of Moses, the servant of God, that they would do and keep all the commandments of the Lord our God and his judgments and his ceremonies, and that we would not give our daughters to the people of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. And if the people of the land bring in things to sell, or any things for use, to sell them on the Sabbath day, that we would not buy them of them on the Sabbath or on the holy day, and that we would leave the seventh year and the exaction of every hand. And we made ordinances for ourselves to give the third part of a sickle every year for the work of the house of our God, for the loaves of proposition, and for the continual sacrifice, and for a continual holocaust on the Sabbaths, on the new moons, on the set feasts, and for the holy things, and for the sin offering, that atonement might be made for Israel and for every use of the house of our God. And we cast lots among the priests and the Levites and the people for the offering of wood, that it might be brought into the house of our God by the houses of our fathers at set times, from year to year, to burn upon the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law of Moses, and that we would bring the first fruits of our land and the first fruits of all fruit of every tree from year to year in the house of our Lord. And the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle, as it is written in the law, and the firstlings of our oxen and of our sheep, to be offered in the house of our God to the priests who minister in the house of our God, and that we would bring the first fruits of our meats and of our libations and the fruit of every tree, of the vintage also and of oil to the priests to the storehouse of our God, 
and the tithes of our ground to the Levites. The Levites also shall receive the tithes of our works out of all the cities. And the priest, the son of Aaron, shall be with the Levites in the tithes of the Levites, and the Levites shall offer the tithe of their tithes in the house of our God, to the storeroom, into the treasure house. For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall carry to the treasury the first fruits of corn, of wine, and of oil. And the sanctified vessels shall be there, and the priests and the singing men and the porters and ministers, and we will not forsake the house of our God. Chapter 11. Who are the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the other cities? And the princes of the people dwelt at Jerusalem, but the rest of the people cast lots to take one part in ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine parts in the other cities. And the people blessed all the men that willingly offered themselves to dwell in Jerusalem. These, therefore, are the chief men of the province who dwelt in Jerusalem and in the cities of Judah. And everyone dwelt in his possessions in their cities. Israel, the priests, the Levites, the Nathanites, and the children of the servants of Solomon. And in Jerusalem there dwelt some of the children of Judah, and some of the children of Benjamin, of the children of Judah, Athias, the son of Aziam, the son of Zacharias, the son of Amarias, the son of Saphathias, the son of Malaliel, of the sons of Phares, Messiah, the son of Baruch, the son of Kolosa, the son of Haziah, the son of Adiah, the son of Jorib, the son of Zacharias, the son of the Selenite. All these, the sons of Phares, who dwelt in Jerusalem, were 468 valiant men. And these are the children of Benjamin, Salem, the son of Masalam, the son of Joed, the son of Phadiah, the son of Koliah, the son of Messiah, the son of Ethiel, the son of Isaiah. And after him, Gebai, Selai, 928. And Joel, the son of Zechri, their ruler. And Judas, the son of Senua, was second over the city. And of the priests, Adiah, the son of Jorib, Jachin, Sariah, the son of Helkias, the son of Mosalem, the son of Sadok, the son of Meriah, the son of Akitob, the prince of the house of God, and their brethren that do the works of the temple, 822. And Adiah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Philaliah, the son of Amsai, the son of Zacharias, the son of Feshur, the son of Melchias, and his brethren, the chiefs of the fathers, 242. The Amasai, the son of Azrael, the son of Ahasai, the son of Mosolomoth, the son of Emir, and their brethren, who were very mighty, 128. And their ruler, Zabdiel, son of the mighty. And of the Levites, Samiah, the son of Hasub, the son of Azarakam, the son of Hasabiah, the son of Boni, and Sabbathai, and Jezebed, who were over all the outward business of the house of God, of the princes of the Levites. And Mathaniah, the son of Micah, the son of Zebedai, the son of Asaph, was the principal man to praise and to give glory in prayer. And Bekbekiah, the second, one of his brethren. And Abda, the son of Samuel, the son of Galal, the son of Iduthun. And all the Levites in the holy city were 284. And the porters, Akub, Helman and their brethren who kept the doors, 172. And the rest of Israel, the priests and the Levites, were in all the cities of Judah, every man in his possession. And the Nathanites that dwelt in Ophel, and Zaha, and Gaspar of the Nathanites. And the overseer of the Levites in Jerusalem was Azi, the son of Bani, the son of Hasabiah, the son of Mathaniah, 
the son of Micah, of the sons of Asaph, for the singing men in the ministry of the house of God. For the king's commandment was concerning them, and an order among the singing men day by day. And Fathathiah, the son of Mesezebel, of the children of Zara, the son of Judah, was at the hand of the king in all matters concerning the people, and in the houses through all their countries. Of the children of Judah, some dwelt at Kariath Arbi, and in the villages thereof, and at Dibon, and at the villages thereof, and at Kabseel, and in the villages thereof, and at Jesue, and at Molada, and at Beth Phaleth, and at Hasursual, and at Bersabi, and in the villages thereof, and at Sikaleg, and at Mokona, and in the villages thereof, and at Remon, and at Sare, and at Jeremoth, Zanoah, Odolam, and in their villages, at Lachis, and its dependencies, and at Azekah, and the villages thereof. And they dwelt from Bersabi unto the valley of Enom. And the children of Benjamin, from Geba, at Michmas, and at Hai, and at Bethel, and in the villages thereof, at Anathoth, Nob, Ananiah, Esor, Ramah, Gethaim, Hadid, Seboam, and Nebalat, Lod, and Ono, the valley of craftsmen, and of the Levites were portions of Judah and Benjamin. Chapter 12. The priests and Levites that came up with Zorobabel, the succession of high priests, the solemnity of the dedication of the wall. Now these are the priests and the Levites that went up with Zorobabel, the son of Salathiel, and Joshua, Sariah, Jeremias, Esdras, Amariah, Meluch, Hattus, Sabanias, Reum, Merimuth, Ado, Genthon, Abia, Maiamon, Madia, Belga, Samiah, and Joirib, Idiah, Selim, Amoch, Helsius, Idiah. These were the chiefs of the priests and of their brethren in the days of Joshua. And the Levites, Jeshua, Benuai, Kedmehel, Sarabiah, Judah, Mathanias, they and their brethren were over the hymns. And Bekbekiah and Hani and their brethren, everyone in his office. And Joshua begot Joachim, and Joachim begot Eliasib, and Eliasib begot Joida, and Joida begot Jonathan, and Jonathan begot Jedoah. And in the days of Joachim, the priests and heads of the families were of Sariah, Meriah, of Jeremiah, Hananiah, of Esdras, Mosalam, and of Amariah, Johanan, of Milico, Jonathan, of Sebaniah, Joseph, of Haram, Edna, of Marioth, Helkai, of Adiah, Zechariah, of Genthin, Mosalam, of Abiah, Zechari, of Maiamin, and Moadiah, Feltai, of Belga, Samoa, of Samiah, Jonathan, of Jorib, Mathani, of Jodiah, Azi, of Selai, Keliah, of Amok, Heber, of Helkias, Hasibiah, of Adiah, Nathaniel. The Levites, the chiefs of the families in the days of Eliasib and Joida and Johanan and Jadoah were recorded, and the priests in the reign of Darius the Persian. The sons of Levi, heads of the families, were written in the books of Chronicles, even unto the days of Jonathan, the son of Eliasib. Now the chief of the Levites were Hesabiah, Serabiah, and Joshua, the son of Kedmehel, and their brethren by their courses, to praise and to give thanks according to the commandment of David, the man of God, and to wait equally in order. Mathaniah and Bekbekiah, Obadiah and Mosalam, 
Telman, Akub, were keepers of the gates and of the entrances before the gates. These were in the days of Joachim, the son of Joshua, the son of Josedek, and in the days of Nehemiah, the governor, and of Esdras, the priest and scribe. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem and to keep the dedication and to rejoice with thanksgiving and with singing and with cymbals and psalteries and harps. And the sons of the singing men were gathered together out of the plain country about Jerusalem and out of the villages of Nethophati and from the house of Galgal and from the countries of Geba and Asmaveth. For the singing men had built themselves villages round about Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites were purified, and they purified the people, and the gates, and the wall. And I made the princes of Judah go up upon the wall, and I appointed two great choirs to give praise. And they went on the right hand upon the wall toward the dunghill gate. And after them went Ozias, and half of the princes of Judah. And Azarias, Esdras, and Mesolam, Judas, and Benjamin, and Semiah, and Jeremiah, and of the sons of the priests, with trumpets, Zacharias, the son of Jonathan, the son of Semiah, the son of Mathaniah, the son of Micaiah, the son of Zechor, the son of Asaph, and his brethren, Semiah, and Azareel, Malali, and Galilee, Maiah, and Nathaniel, and Judas, and Hanani, with the musical instruments of David, the man of God, and Esdras, the scribe before them at the fountain gate. And they went up over against them by the stairs of the city of David at the going up of the wall of the house of David and to the water gate eastward. And the second choir of them that gave thanks went on the opposite side, and I after them, and the half of the people upon the wall and upon the tower of the furnaces, even to the broad wall, and above the gate of Ephraim, and above the old gate, and above the fish gate, and the tower of Hananiel, and the tower of Amath, and even to the flock gate. And they stood still in the watch gate. And the two choirs of them that gave praise stood still at the house of God, and I and the half of the magistrates with me. And the priests, Eliakim, Messiah, Maimon, Micaiah, Eleone, Zechariah, Hananiah, with trumpets, and Messiah, and Semiah, and Eleazar, and Asi, and Johanan, and Melchiah, and Elam, and Ezer. And the singers sung loud, and Jezriah was their overseer. And they sacrificed on that day great sacrifices, and they rejoiced, for God had made them joyful with great joy. Their wives also and their children rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. They appointed also in that day men over the storehouses of the treasure, for the libations, and for the first fruits, and for the tithes, that the rulers of the city might bring them in by them in honor of thanksgiving, for the priests and Levites. For Judah was joyful in the priests and Levites that assisted and they kept the watch of their God and the observance of expiation and the singing men and the porters according to the commandment of David and of Solomon his son. For in the days of David and Asaph from the beginning there were chief singers appointed to praise with canticles and give thanks to God. And all Israel in the days of Zorobabel and in the days of Nehemiah gave portions to the singing men and to the porters day by day and they sanctified the Levites. And the Levites sanctified the sons of Aaron. Chapter 13. Diverse abuses are reformed. And on that day they read in the book of Moses in the hearing of the people. And therein was found written that the Ammonites and the Moabites should not come into the church of God forever, because they met not the children of Israel with bread and water. 
and they hired against them Balaam to curse them, and our God turned the curse into blessing. And it came to pass, when they had heard the law, that they separated every stranger from Israel. And over this thing was Eliasib, the priest, who was set over the treasury of the house of our God, and was near akin to Tobias. And he made him a great storeroom, where before him they laid up gifts, and frankincense, and vessels, and the tithes of the corn, of the wine, and of the oil, the portions of the Levites, and of the singing men, and of the porters, and the first fruits of the priests. But on all this time I was not in Jerusalem, because in the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I went to the king, and after certain days I asked the king. And I came to Jerusalem, and I understood the evil that Eliasib had done for Tobias, to make him a storehouse in the courts of the house of God. And it seemed to me exceeding evil, and I cast forth the vessels of the house of Tobias out of the storehouse. And I commanded, and they cleansed the storehouses, and I brought thither again the vessels of the house of God, the sacrifice, and the frankincense. And I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them, and that the Levites and the singing men and they that ministered were fled away every man to his own country. And I pleaded the matter against the magistrates and said, Why have we forsaken the house of God? And I gathered them together, and I made them to stand in their places. And all Judah brought the tithe of the corn and the wine and the oil into the storehouses. And we sent over the storehouses, Salamias the priest and Sadok the scribe, and of the Levites, Fadiah, and next to them, Hanan, the son of Zachar, the son of Mathaniah. For they were approved as faithful, and to them were committed the portions of their brethren. Remember me, O my God, for this thing, and wipe not out my kindnesses, which I have done relating to the house of my God and his ceremonies. In those days I saw in Judah some treading the presses on the Sabbath, and carrying sheaves, and lading asses with wine and grapes and figs and all manner of burthens, and bringing them into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I charged them that they should sell on a day on which it was lawful to sell. Some Tyrians also dwelt there, who brought fish and all manner of wares, and they sold them on the Sabbaths to the children of Judah in Jerusalem. And I rebuked the chief men of Judah and said to them, What is this evil thing that you are doing, profaning the Sabbath day? Did not our fathers do these things, and our God brought all this evil upon us and upon this city? And you bring more wrath upon Israel by violating the Sabbath. And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem were at rest on the Sabbath day, I spoke, and they shut the gates, and I commanded that they should not open them till after the Sabbath. And I set some of my servants at the gates, that none should bring in burthens on the Sabbath day. So the merchants and they that sold all kinds of wares stayed without Jerusalem once or twice. And I charged them, and I said to them, Why stay you before the wall? If you do so, another time I will lay hands on you. And from that time they came no more on the Sabbath. I spoke also to the Levites that they should be purified and should come to keep the gates and to sanctify the Sabbath day. For this also remember me, O my God, and spare me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. In those days also I saw Jews that married wives, women of Azotus, and of Ammon, and of Moab. And their children spoke half in the speech of Azotus, and could not speak the Jews' language. But they spoke according to the language of this and that people. And I chid them, and laid my curse upon them. And I beat some of them, and shaved off their hair, and made them swear by God that they would not give their daughters to their sons, nor take their daughters for their sons, nor for themselves, saying, 
Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin in this kind of thing? And surely among many nations there was not a king like him. And he was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. And yet women of other countries brought even him to sin. And shall we also be disobedient and do all this great evil to transgress against our God and marry strange women? And one of the sons of Joida, the son of Eliasib, the high priest, was son-in-law to Senabalit, the Horonite, and I drove him from me. Remember them, O Lord my God, that defile the priesthood and the law of priests and Levites. So I separated from them all strangers, and I appointed the courses of the priests and the Levites, every man in his ministry, and for the offering of wood at times appointed, and for the first fruits. Remember me, O my God, unto good. Amen. Thus concludes the book of Nehemiah, which is called the second of Esdras. The book of Tobias. Chapter 1. Tobias's early piety, his works of mercy, particularly in burying the dead. Tobias of the tribe and city of Nephtali, which is in the upper parts of Galilee above Nason, beyond the way that leadeth to the west, having on the right hand the city of Sephet. When he was made captive in the days of Salmanassar, king of the Assyrians, even in his captivity forsook not the way of truth, but every day gave all he could get to his brethren, his fellow captives, that were of his kindred. And when he was younger than any of the tribe of Naphtali, yet did he no childish thing in his work. Moreover, when all went to the golden calves which Jeroboam, king of Israel, had made, he alone fled the company of all and went to Jerusalem to the temple of the Lord, and there adored the Lord God of Israel, offering faithfully all his firstfruits and his tithes, so that in the third year he gave all his tithes to the proselytes and strangers. These and such like things did he observe when but a boy according to the law of God. But when he was a man, he took to wife Anna of his own tribe, and had a son by her, whom he called after his own name. And from his infancy he taught him to fear God and to abstain from all sin. And when by the captivity he with his wife and his son and all his tribe was come to the city of Nineveh, when all ate of the meats of the Gentiles, he kept his soul and never was defiled with their meats. And because he was mindful of the Lord with all his heart, God gave him favor in the sight of Salmanassar, the king, and he gave him leave to go whithersoever he would, with liberty to do whatever he had a mind. He therefore went to all that were in captivity and gave them wholesome admonitions. And when he was come to Ragis, a city of the Medes, and had ten talents of silver of that with which he had been honored by the king, and when amongst a great multitude of his kindred he saw Gabilus in want, who was one of his tribe, taking a note of his hand he gave him the aforesaid sum of money. But after a long time, Salmanassar the king being dead, when Sennacherib, his son, who reigned in his place, had a hatred for the children of Israel. Tobias daily went among all his kindred and comforted them and distributed to everyone as he was able out of his goods. He fed the hungry and gave clothes to the naked and was careful to bury the dead and they that were slain. And when King Sennacherib was come back, fleeing from Judea by reason of the slaughter that God had made about him for his blasphemy and being angry slew many of the children of Israel, Tobias buried their bodies. But when it was told the king, he commanded him to be slain, and took away all his substance. But Tobias, fleeing naked away with his son and with his wife, lay concealed, for many loved him. 
But after 45 days, the king was killed by his own sons, and Tobias returned to his house, and all his substance was restored to him. Chapter 2. Tobias leaveth his dinner to bury the dead. He loseth his sight by God's permission for a manifestation of his patience. But after this, when there was a festival of the Lord and a good dinner was prepared in Tobias's house, he said to his son, Go and bring some of our tribe that fear God to feast with us. And when he had gone, returning, he told him that one of the children of Israel lay slain in the street. And he forthwith leaped up from his place at the table and left his dinner and came fasting to the body and taking it up, carried it privately to his house that after the sun was down, he might bury him cautiously. And when he had hid the body, he ate bread with mourning and fear remembering the word which the Lord spoke by Amos the prophet. Your festival days shall be turned into lamentation and mourning. So when the sun was down, he went and buried him. Now all his neighbors blamed him, saying, Once already commandment was given for thee to be slain because of this matter, and thou didst scarce escape the sentence of death, and dost thou again bury the dead? But Tobias, fearing God more than the king, carried off the bodies of them that were slain and hid them in his house, and at midnight buried them. Now it happened one day that, being wearied with burying, he came to his house and cast himself down by the wall and slept. And as he was sleeping, hot dung out of a swallow's nest fell upon his eyes, and he was made blind. Now this trial the Lord therefore permitted to happen to him, that an example might be given to posterity of his patience, as also of holy Job. For whereas he had always feared God from his infancy, and kept his commandments, he repined not against God because the evil of blindness had befallen him, but continued immovable in the fear of God, giving thanks to God all the days of his life. For as the kings insulted over holy Job, so his relations and kinsmen mocked at his life, saying, Where is thy hope, for which thou gavest alms and buriedst the dead? But Tobias rebuked them, saying, Speak not so. We are the children of saints, and look for that life which God will give to those that never change their faith from him. Now Anna his wife went daily to weaving work, and she brought home what she could get for their living by the labor of her hands, whereby it came to pass that she received a young kid and brought it home. And when her husband heard it bleeding, he said, Take heed, lest perhaps it be stolen. Restore ye it to its owners, for it is not lawful for us either to eat or to touch anything that cometh by theft. At these words his wife being angry answered, It is evident thy hope is come to nothing, and thy alms now appear. And with these and other such like words she upbraided him. Chapter 3 The prayer of Tobias and of Sarah in their several afflictions are heard by God, and the angel Raphael is sent to relieve them. Then Tobias sighed and began to pray with tears, saying, Thou art just, O Lord, and all thy judgments are just, and all thy ways, mercy and truth and judgment. And now, O Lord, think of me, and take not revenge of my sins, neither remember my offenses, nor those of my parents, for we have not obeyed thy commandments. Therefore are we delivered to spoil and to captivity and death, and are made a fable and a reproach to all nations, amongst which thou hast scattered us. And now, O Lord, great are thy judgments, because we have not done according to thy precepts, and have not walked sincerely before thee. And now, O Lord, do with me according to thy will, and command my spirit to be received in peace, for it is better for me to die than to live. 
Now it happened on the same day that Sarah, daughter of Raguel, in Rajis, a city of the Medes, received a reproach from one of her father's servant maids. Because she had been given to seven husbands, and a devil named Asmodeus had killed them at their first going in unto her. So when she reproved the maid for her fault, she answered her, saying, May we never see son or daughter of thee upon the earth, thou murderer of thy husbands. Wilt thou kill me also, as thou hast already killed seven husbands? At these words she went into an upper chamber of her house, and for three days and three nights did neither eat nor drink. But continuing in prayer with tears, besought God that he would deliver her from this reproach. And it came to pass on the third day, when she was making an end of her prayer, blessing the Lord, she said, Blessed is thy name, O God of our fathers, who when thou hast been angry, wilt show mercy, and in the time of tribulation forgivest the sins of them that call upon thee. To thee, O Lord, I turn my face, to thee I direct my eyes. I beg, O Lord, that thou loose me from the bond of this reproach, or else take me away from the earth. Thou knowest, O Lord, that I never coveted a husband, and have kept my soul clean from all lust. Never have I joined myself with them that play, neither have I made myself partaker with them that walk in lightness. But a husband I consented to take with thy fear, not with my lust. And either I was unworthy of them, or they perhaps were not worthy of me, because perhaps thou hast kept me for another man. For thy counsel is not in man's power. But this every one is sure of that worshipeth thee, that his life, if it be under trial, shall be crowned. And if it be under tribulation, it shall be delivered. And if it be under correction, it shall be allowed to come to thy mercy. For thou art not delighted in our being lost, because after a storm thou makest a calm, and after tears and weeping thou pourest in joyfulness. Be thy name, O God of Israel, blessed forever. At that time the prayers of them both were heard in the sight of the glory of the Most High God. And the holy angel of the Lord, Raphael, was sent to heal them both, whose prayers at one time were rehearsed in the sight of the Lord. End of side one, please. Chapter four. Tobias, thinking he shall die, giveth his son godly admonitions, and telleth him of money he had lent to a friend. Therefore, when Tobias thought that his prayer was heard that he might die, he called to him Tobias his son, and said to him, Hear, my son, the words of my mouth, and lay them as a foundation in thy heart. When God shall take my soul, thou shalt bury my body, and thou shalt honor thy mother all the days of her life. For thou must be mindful of what and how great perils she suffered for thee in her womb. And when she also shall have ended the time of her life, bury her by me, and all the days of thy life have God in thy mind, and take heed thou never consent to sin, nor transgress the commandments of the Lord our God. Give alms out of thy substance, and turn not away thy face from any poor person, for so it shall come to pass that the face of the Lord shall not be turned from thee. According to thy ability, be merciful. If thou have much, give abundantly. If thou have little, take care even so to bestow willingly a little. For thus thou storest up to thyself a good reward for the day of necessity. For alms deliver from all sin and from death, and will not suffer the soul to go into darkness. Alms shall be a great confidence before the Most High God to all them that give it. Take heed to keep thyself, my son, from all fornication, and beside thy wife never endure to know a crime. Never suffer pride to reign in thy mind or in thy words, 
for from it all perdition took its beginning. If any man hath done any work for thee, immediately pay him his hire, and let not the wages of thy hired servant stay with thee at all. See thou never do to another what thou wouldst hate to have done to thee by another. Eat thy bread with the hungry and the needy, and with thy garments cover the naked. Lay out thy bread and thy wine upon the burial of a just man, and do not eat and drink thereof with the wicked. Seek counsel always of a wise man. Bless God at all times, and desire of him to direct thy ways, and that all thy counsels may abide in him. I tell thee also, my son, that I lent ten talents of silver, while thou wast yet a child, to Gabellus in Rajes, a city of the Medes, and I have a note of his hand with me. Now therefore inquire how thou mayest go to him, and receive of him the foresaid sum of money, and restore to him the note of his hand. Fear not, my son, we lead indeed a poor life, but we shall have many good things if we fear God, and depart from all sin, and do that which is good. Chapter 5 Young Tobias seeking a guide for his journey, the angel Raphael, in shape of a man, undertaketh this office. Then Tobias answered his father and said, I will do all things, father, which thou hast commanded me. But how I shall get this money I cannot tell. He knoweth not me, and I know not him. What token shall I give him? Nor did I ever know the way which leadeth thither. Then his father answered him and said, I have a note of his hand with me, which when thou shalt show him, he will presently pay it. But go now, and seek thee out some faithful man to go with thee for his hire, that thou mayest receive it while I yet live. Then Tobias going forth found a beautiful young man standing girded, and as it were ready to walk. And not knowing that he was an angel of God, he saluted him and said, From whence art thou, good young man? But he answered, Of the children of Israel. And Tobias said to him, Knowest thou the way that leadeth to the country of the Medes? And he answered, I know it, and I have often walked through all the ways thereof, and I have abode with Gabalus, our brother, who dwelleth at Rajis, a city of the Medes, which is situate in the mount of Ecbatana. And Tobias said to him, Stay for me, I beseech thee, till I tell these same things to my father. Then Tobias going in told all these things to his father, upon which his father being in admiration desired that he would come in unto him. So going in he saluted him, and said, Joy be to thee always. And Tobias said, What manner of joy shall be to me who sit in darkness, and see not the light of heaven? And the young man said to him, Be of good courage, thy cure from God is at hand. And Tobias said to him, Canst thou conduct my son to Gabalus at Rajis, a city of the Medes? And when thou shalt return, I will pay thee thy hire. And the angel said to him, I will conduct him thither, and bring him back to thee. And Tobias said to him, I pray thee, tell me of what family or what tribe art thou? And Raphael the angel answered, Dost thou seek the family of him thou hirest, or the hired servant himself to go with thy son? But lest I should make thee uneasy, I am Azarias, the son of the great Ananias. And Tobias answered, Thou art of a great family. But I pray thee, be not angry, that I desire to know thy family. And the angel said to him, I will lead thy son safe, and bring him to thee again safe. And Tobias answering said, May you have a good journey, and God be with you in your way, and his angel accompany you. Then all things being ready that were to be carried in their journey, Tobias bade his father and his mother farewell, and they set out both together. And when they were departed, his mother began to weep and to say, 
thou hast taken the staff of our old age and sent him away from us. I wish the money for which thou hast sent him had never been, for our poverty was sufficient for us that we might account it as riches that we saw our son. And Tobias said to her, Weep not, our son will arrive thither safe, and will return safe to us, and thy eyes shall see him. For I believe that the good angel of God doth accompany him, and doth order all things well that are done about him, so that he shall return to us with joy. At these words his mother ceased weeping, and held her peace. Chapter 6 By the angel's advice, young Tobias taketh hold on a fish that assaulteth him, reserveth the heart, the gall, and the liver for medicines. They lodge at the house of Randuel, whose daughter Sarah, Tobias, is to marry. She had before been married to seven husbands, who were all slain by a devil. And Tobias went forward, and the dog followed him. And he lodged the first night by the river of Tigris. And he went out to wash his feet, and behold, a monstrous fish came up to devour him. And Tobias, being afraid of him, cried out with a loud voice, saying, Sir, he cometh upon me. And the angel said to him, Take him by the gill, and draw him to thee. And when he had done so, he drew him out upon the land, and he began to pant before his feet. Then the angel said to him, Take out the entrails of this fish, and lay up his heart, and his gall, and his liver for thee, for these are necessary for useful medicines. And when he had done so, he roasted the flesh thereof, and they took it with them in the way. The rest they salted as much as might serve them, till they came to Rajes, the city of the Medes. Then Tobias asked the angel, and said to him, I beseech thee, brother Azarias, tell me what remedies are these things good for, which thou hast bid me keep of the fish. And the angel answering said to him, If thou put a little piece of its heart upon coals, the smoke thereof driveth away all kinds of devils, either from man or from woman, so that they come no more to them. And the gall is good for anointing the eyes in which there is a white speck, and they shall be cured. And Tobias said to him, where wilt thou that we lodge? And the angel answering said, Here is one whose name is Raduel, a near kinsman of thy tribe. And he hath a daughter named Sarah, but he hath no son nor any other daughter beside her. All his substance is due to thee, and thou must take her to wife. Ask her therefore of her father, and he will give her thee to wife. Then Tobias answered and said, I hear that she hath been given to seven husbands, and they all died. Moreover, I have heard that a devil killed them. Now I am afraid, lest the same thing should happen to me also. And whereas I am the only child of my parents, I should bring down their old age with sorrow to hell. Then the angel Raphael said to him, Hear me, and I will show thee who they are over whom the devil can prevail. For they who in such manner receive matrimony as to shut out God from themselves, and from their mind, and to give themselves to their lust, as the horse and mule, which have not understanding, over them the devil hath power. But thou, when thou shalt take her, go into the chamber, and for three days keep thyself continent from her, and give thyself to nothing else but to prayers with her. And on that night lay the liver of the fish on the fire, and the devil shall be driven away. But the second night thou shalt be admitted into the society of the holy patriarchs, and the third night thou shalt obtain a blessing, that sound children may be born of you. And when the third night is past, thou shalt take the virgin with the fear of the Lord, moved rather for love of children than for lust, that in the seed of Abraham thou mayest obtain a blessing in children.
Chapter 7 They are kindly entertained by Rajuel. Tobias demandeth Sarah to wife. And they went into Rajuel, and Rajuel received them with joy. And Rajuel, looking upon Tobias, said to Anna his wife, How like is this young man to my cousin? And when he had spoken these words, he said, Whence are ye, young men, our brethren? But they said, We are of the tribe of Naphtali, of the captivity of Nineveh. And Rajuel said to them, Do you know Tobias, my brother? And they said, We know him. And when he was speaking many good things of him, the angel said to Rajuel, Tobias, concerning whom thou inquirest, is this young man's father. And Rajuel went to him, and kissed him with tears, and weeping upon his neck, said, A blessing be upon thee, my son, because thou art the son of a good and most virtuous man. And Anna his wife, and Sarah their daughter wept. And after they had spoken, Rajuel commanded a sheep to be killed, and a feast to be prepared. And when he desired them to sit down to dinner, Tobias said, I will not eat nor drink here this day, unless thou first grant me my petition, and promise to give me Sarah thy daughter. Now when Rajuel heard this, he was afraid, knowing what had happened to those seven husbands that went in unto her, and he began to fear lest it might happen to him also in like manner. And as he was in suspense, and gave no answer to his petition, the angel said to him, Be not afraid to give her to this man, for to him who feareth God is thy daughter due to be his wife. Therefore another could not have her. Then Rajuel said, I doubt not, but God hath regarded my prayers and tears in his sight. And I believe he hath therefore made you come to me, that this maid might be married to one of her own kindred, according to the law of Moses. And now doubt not, but I will give her to thee. And taking the right hand of his daughter, he gave it into the right hand of Tobias, saying, The God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob be with you, and may he join you together, and fulfill his blessing in you. And taking paper they made a writing of the marriage, and afterwards they made Mary, blessing God. And Rajuel called to him Anna his wife, and bade her prepare another chamber. And she brought Sarah her daughter in thither, and she wept. And she said to her, Be of good cheer, my daughter, the Lord of heaven give thee joy for the trouble thou hast undergone. Chapter 8 Tobias burneth part of the fish's liver, and Raphael bindeth the devil. Tobias and Sarah pray. And after they had supped, they brought in the young man to her. And Tobias, remembering the angel's word, took out of his bag part of the liver, and laid it upon burning coals. Then the angel Raphael took the devil, and bound him in the desert of Upper Egypt. Then Tobias exhorted the virgin, and said to her, Sarah, arise, and let us pray to God today, and tomorrow, and the next day, because... For these three nights we are joined to God, and when the third night is over, we will be in our own wedlock. For we are the children of saints, and we must not be joined together like heathens that know not God. So they both arose and prayed earnestly, both together, that health might be given them. And Tobias said, Lord God of our fathers, may the heavens and the earth and the sea and the fountain and the rivers and all thy creatures that are in them bless thee. Thou madest Adam of the slime of the earth, and gavest him Eve for a helper. And now, Lord, thou knowest that not for fleshly lust do I take my sister to wife, but only for the love of posterity, in which thy name may be blessed for ever and ever. Sarah also said, Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us, and let us grow old both together in health. And it came to pass, about the cock crowing, Rajuel ordered his servants to be called for. 
and they went with him together to dig a grave. For he said, Lest perhaps it may have happened to him in like manner as it did to the other seven husbands that went in unto her. And when they had prepared the pit, Raguel went back to his wife and said to her, Send one of thy maids, and let her see if he be dead, that I may bury him before it be day. So she sent one of her maidservants, who went into the chamber, and found them safe and sound, sleeping both together. And returning she brought the good news, and Raguel and Anna his wife blessed the Lord, and said, We bless thee, O Lord God of Israel, because it hath not happened as we suspected. For thou hast shown thy mercy to us, and hast shut out from us the enemy that persecuted us. And thou hast taken pity upon two only children. Make them, O Lord, bless thee more fully, and to offer up to thee a sacrifice of thy praise and of their help, that all nations may know that thou alone art God in all the earth. And immediately Raguel commanded his servants to fill up the pit they had made before it was day. And he spoke to his wife to make ready a feast and prepare all kind of provisions that are necessary for such as go a journey. He caused also two fat kine and four weathers to be killed, and a banquet to be prepared for all his neighbors and all his friends. And Raguel adjured Tobias to abide with him two weeks. And of all things which Raguel possessed, he gave one half to Tobias and made a writing that the half that remained should, after their decease, come also to Tobias. Chapter 9. The angel Raphael goeth to Gabilus, receiveth the money, and bringeth him to the marriage. Then Tobias called the angel to him, whom he took to be a man, and said to him, Brother Azarias, I pray thee, hearken to my words. If I should give myself to be thy servant, I should not make a worthy return for thy care. However, I beseech thee to take with thee beasts and servants, and to go to Gabilus, to Rages, the city of the Medes, and to restore to him his note of hand, and receive of him the money, and desire him to come to my wedding. For thou knowest that my father numbereth the days, and if I stay one day more, his soul will be afflicted. And indeed thou seest how Raguel hath adjured me, whose adjuring I cannot despise. Then Raphael took four of Raguel's servants and two camels, and went to Rages, the city of the Medes, and finding Gabilus, gave him his note of hand, and received of him all the money. And he told him concerning Tobias, the son of Tobias, all that had been done, and made him come with him to the wedding. And when he was come into Raguel's house, he found Tobias sitting at the table, and he leaped up, and they kissed each other, and Gabilus wept and blessed God, and said, The God of Israel bless thee, because thou art the son of a very good and just man, and that feareth God, and doth alms deeds. And may a blessing come upon thy wife, and upon your parents. And may you see your children, and your children's children, unto the third and fourth generation. And may your seed be blessed by the God of Israel, who reigneth for ever and ever. And when all had said, Amen, they went to the feast, but the marriage feast they celebrated also with the fear of the Lord. Chapter 10. The parents lament the long absence of their son Tobias. He sets out to return. But as Tobias made longer stay upon occasion of the marriage, Tobias his father was solicitous, saying, Why thinkest thou doth my son tarry, or why is he detained there? Is Gabilus dead, thinkest thou, and no man will pay him the money? And he began to be exceeding sad, both he and Anna his wife with him. And they began both to weep together, because their son did not return to them on the day appointed. But his mother wept and was quite disconsolate, and said, 
Woe, woe is me, my son. Why did we send thee to go to a strange country, the light of our eyes, the staff of our old age, the comfort of our life, the hope of our posterity? We, having all things together in thee alone, ought not to have let thee go from us. And Tobias said to her, Hold thy peace, and be not troubled. Our son is safe. That man with whom we sent him is very trusty. But she could by no means be comforted, but daily running out looked round about, and went into all the ways by which there seemed any hope he might return, that she might, if possible, see him coming afar off. But Rajuel said to his son-in-law, Stay here, and I will send a messenger to Tobias thy father, that thou art in health. And Tobias said to him, I know that my father and mother now count the days, and their spirit is grievously afflicted within them. And when Raguel had pressed Tobias with many words, and he by no means would hearken to him, he delivered Sarah unto him, and half of all his substance in men servants, and women servants, in cattle and camels, and in kine, and in much money, and sent him away safe and joyful from him, saying, The holy angel of the Lord be with you in your journey, and bring you through safe, and that you may find all things well about your parents, and my eyes may see your children before I die. And the parents, taking their daughter, kissed her and let her go, admonishing her to honor her father and mother-in-law, to love her husband, to take care of the family, to govern the house, and to behave herself irreprehensibly. Chapter 11. Tobias anointeth his father's eyes with the fish's gall, and he recovereth his sight. And as they were returning, they came to Charon, which is in the midway to Nineveh, the eleventh day. And the angel said, Brother Tobias, thou knowest how thou didst leave thy father. If it please thee, therefore, let us go before, and let the family follow softly after us, together with thy wife and with the beasts. And as this their going pleased him, Raphael said to Tobias, Take with thee of the gall of the fish, for it will be necessary. So Tobias took some of that gall and departed. But Anna sat beside the way daily on the top of a hill, from whence she might see afar off. And while she watched his coming from that place, she saw him afar off, and presently perceived it was her son coming. And returning, she told her husband, saying, Behold, thy son cometh. And Raphael said to Tobias, As soon as thou shalt come into thy house, forthwith adore the Lord thy God, and giving thanks to him, go to thy father, and kiss him. And immediately anoint his eyes with this gall of the fish, which thou carriest with thee. For be assured that his eyes shall be presently opened, and thy father shall see the light of heaven, and shall rejoice in the sight of thee. Then the dog, which had been with them in the way, ran before, and coming as if he had brought the news, showed his joy by his fawning and wagging his tail. And his father, that was blind, rising up, began to run, stumbling with his feet, and giving a servant his hand, went to meet his son and receiving him, kissed him, as did also his wife. And they began to weep for joy. And when they had adored God, and given him thanks, they sat down together. Then Tobias, taking of the gall of the fish, anointed his father's eyes. And he stayed about half an hour. And a white skin began to come out of his eyes, like the skin of an egg. And Tobias took hold of it, and drew it from his eyes. And immediately he recovered his sight. And they glorified God, both he and his wife, and all that knew him. And Tobias said, I bless thee, O Lord God of Israel, because thou hast chastised me, and thou hast saved me, 
And behold, I see Tobias, my son. And after seven days, Sarah, his son's wife, and all the family arrived safe, and the cattle, and the camels, and an abundance of money of his wife's, and that money also which he had received of Gabalus. And he told his parents all the benefits of God, which he had done to him by the man that conducted him. And Achior and Naboth, the kinsmen of Tobias, came, rejoicing for Tobias, and congratulating with him for all the good things that God had done for him. And for seven days they feasted, and rejoiced all with great joy. Chapter 12 Raphael maketh himself known. Then Tobias called to him his son, and said to him, What can we give to this holy man that has come with thee? Tobias answering said to his father, Father, what wages shall we give him, or what can be worthy of his benefits? He conducted me and brought me safe again. He received the money of Gabalus, he caused me to have my wife, and he chased from her the evil spirit. He gave joy to her parents, myself he delivered, from being devoured by the fish. Thee also he hath made to see the light of heaven, and we are filled with all good things through him. What can we give him sufficient for these things? But I beseech thee, my father, to desire him, that we would vouchsafe to accept of one half of all things that have been brought. So the father and the son calling him took him aside, and began to desire that he would vouchsafe to accept of half of all things that they had brought. Then he said to them secretly, Bless ye the God of heaven. Give glory to him in the sight of all that live, because he hath shown his mercy to you. For it is good to hide the secret of a king, but honorable to reveal and confess the works of God. Prayer is good with fasting and alms more than to lay up treasures of gold. For alms delivereth from death, and the same is that which purgeth away sins, and maketh to find mercy and life everlasting. But they that commit sin and iniquity are enemies to their own soul. I discover then the truth unto you, and I will not hide the secret from you. When thou didst pray with tears, and didst bury the dead, and didst leave thy dinner, and hide the dead by day in thy house, and bury them by night, I offered thy prayer to the Lord. And because thou wast acceptable to God, it was necessary that temptation should prove thee. And now the Lord hath sent me to heal thee, and to deliver Sarah thy son's wife from the devil. For I am the angel Raphael, one of the seven, who stand before the Lord. And when they had heard these things, they were troubled. And being seized with fear, they fell upon the ground on their face. And the angel said to them, Peace be to you, fear not. For when I was with you, I was there by the will of God. Bless ye him, and sing praises to him. I seemed indeed to eat and to drink with you. But I use an invisible meat and drink, which cannot be seen by men. It is time, therefore, that I return to him that sent me. But bless ye God, and publish all his wonderful works. And when he had said these things, he was taken from their sight, and they could see him no more. Then they, lying prostrate for three hours upon their face, blessed God, and rising up, they told all his wonderful works. Chapter 13. Tobias the father praiseth God, exhorting all Israel to do the same. Prophesieth the restoration and better state of Jerusalem. And Tobias the elder, opening his mouth, blessed the Lord, and said, Thou art great, O Lord, forever, and thy kingdom is unto all ages. For thou scourgest, and thou savest, thou leadest down to hell, and bringest up again, and there is none that can escape thy hand. Give glory to the Lord, ye children of Israel, and praise him in the sight of the Gentiles, because he hath therefore scattered you among the Gentiles, 
who know not him, that you may declare his wonderful works, and make them know that there is no other almighty God besides him. He hath chastised us for our iniquities, and he will save us for his own mercy. See then what he hath done with us, and with fear and trembling give ye glory to him, and extol the eternal King of worlds in your works. As for me, I will praise him in the land of my captivity, because he hath shown his majesty toward a sinful nation. Be converted, therefore, ye sinners, and do justice before God, believing that he will show his mercy to you. And I and my soul will rejoice in him. Bless ye the Lord, all his elect. Keep days of joy, and give glory to him. Jerusalem, city of God, the Lord hath chastised thee for the works of thy hands. Give glory to the Lord for thy good things, and bless the God eternal, that he may rebuild his tabernacle in thee, and may call back all the captives to thee, that thou mayest rejoice for ever and ever. Thou shalt shine with a glorious light, and all the ends of the earth shall worship thee. Nations from afar shall come to thee, and shall bring gifts, and shall adore the Lord in thee, and shall esteem thy land as holy. For they shall call upon the great name in thee. They shall be cursed that shall despise thee, and they shall be condemned that shall blaspheme thee, and blessed shall they be that shall build thee up. But thou shalt rejoice in thy children, because they shall all be blessed, and shall be gathered together to the Lord. Blessed are all they that love thee, and that rejoice in thy peace. My soul, bless thou the Lord, because the Lord our God hath delivered Jerusalem his city from all her troubles. Happy shall I be, if there shall remain of my seed to see the glory of Jerusalem. The gates of Jerusalem shall be built of sapphire and of emerald, and all the walls thereof round about of precious stones. All its streets shall be paved with white and clean stones, and alleluia shall be sung in its streets. Blessed be the Lord, who hath exalted it, and may he reign over it for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter 14 Old Tobias dieth at the age of a hundred and two years, after exhorting his son and grandsons to piety, for showing that Nineveh shall be destroyed and Jerusalem rebuilt. The younger Tobias returneth with his family to Raduel, and dieth happily as he had lived. And the words of Tobias were ended, and after Tobias was restored to his sight, he lived two and forty years, and saw the children of his grandchildren. And after he had lived a hundred and two years, he was buried honorably in Nineveh, for he was six and fifty years old when he lost the sight of his eyes, and sixty when he recovered it again. And the rest of his life was in joy, and with great increase of the fear of God, he departed in peace. And at the hour of his death, he called unto him his son Tobias and his children, seven young men, his grandsons, and said to them, The destruction of Nineveh is at hand. For well, the word of the Lord must be fulfilled, and our brethren that are scattered abroad from the land of Israel shall return to it, and all the land thereof that is desert shall be filled with people, and the house of God which is burnt in it shall again be rebuilt, and all that fear God shall return thither, and the Gentiles shall leave their idols, and shall come into Jerusalem, and shall dwell in it, and all the kings of the earth shall rejoice in it, adoring the king of Israel. Hearken, therefore, my children, to your father. Serve the Lord in truth, and seek to do the things that please him. And command your children that they do justice and alms deeds, 
and that they be mindful of God and bless him at all times in truth and with all their power. And now, children, hear me, and do not stay here, but as soon as you shall bury your mother by me in one sepulchre, without delay direct your steps to depart hence, for I see that its iniquity will bring it to destruction. And it came to pass that after the death of his mother, Tobias departed out of Nineveh with his wife and children and children's children, and returned to his father and mother-in-law. And he found them in health in a good old age, and he took care of them, and he closed their eyes, and all the inheritance of Raguel's house came to him, and he saw his children's children to the fifth generation. And after he had lived ninety-nine years in the fear of the Lord, with joy they buried him, and all his kindred, and all his generation continued in good life and in holy conversation, so that they were acceptable both to God and to men, and to all that dwelt in the land. Thus concludes the book of Tobias. The book of Judith. Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Assyrians, overcometh Arphaxad, king of the Medes. Now Arphaxad, king of the Medes, had brought many nations under his dominions, and he built a very strong city, which he called Ekbatana. Of stones squared and hewed, he made the walls thereof seventy cubits broad, and thirty cubits high, and the towers thereof he made a hundred cubits high. But on the square of them each side was extended the space of twenty feet, and he made the gates thereof according to the height of the towers, and he gloried as a mighty one in the force of his army, and in the glory of his chariots. Now in the twelfth year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Assyrians, who reigned in Nineveh, the great city, fought against Arphaxad and overcame him in the great plain which is called Rajua, about the Euphrates and the Tigris and the Jadison, in the plain of Arioch, the king of the Elikians. Then was the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar exalted, and his heart was elevated, and he sent to all that dwelt in Cilicia and Damascus and Libanus, and to the nations that are in Carmelus and Sidar, and to the inhabitants of Galilee in the great plain of Esdraelon, and to all that were in Samaria, and beyond the river Jordan, even to Jerusalem, and all the land of Jesse, till you come to the borders of Ethiopia. To all these Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Assyrians, sent messengers. But they all with one mind refused, and sent them back empty, and rejected them without honor. Then king Nebuchadnezzar, being angry against all that land, swore by his throne and kingdom that he would revenge himself of all those countries. Chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar sendeth Holofernes to waste the countries of the west. In the thirtieth year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, the two and twentieth day of the first month, the word was given out in the house of Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Assyrians, that he would revenge himself. And he called all the ancients and all the governors and all his officers of war, and communicated to them the secret of his counsel. And he said that his thoughts were to bring all the earth under his empire. And when this saying pleased them all, Nebuchadnezzar the king called Holofernes the general of his armies, and said to him, Go out against all the kingdoms of the west, and against them especially that despised my commandment. My eye shall not spare any kingdom, and all the strong cities thou shalt bring under my yoke. Then Holofernes called the captains and officers of the power of the Assyrians, and he mustered men for the expedition, as the king commanded him, a hundred and twenty thousand fighting men on foot, 
and 12,000 archers, horsemen. And he made all his warlike preparations to go before with a multitude of innumerable camels, with all provisions sufficient for the armies in abundance, and herds of oxen and flocks of sheep without number. He appointed corn to be prepared out of all Syria in his passage, but gold and silver he took out of the king's house in great abundance. And he went forth, he and all the army, with the chariots and horsemen and archers who covered the face of the earth like locusts. And when he had passed through the borders of the Assyrians, he came to the great mountains of Angi, which are on the left of Cilicia. And he went up to all their castles and took all the strong places. And he took by assault the renowned city of Melothus, and pillaged all the children of Tharsis and the children of Ishmael, who were over against the face of the desert, on the south of the land of Kilon. And he passed over the Euphrates, and came into Mesopotamia, and he forced all the stately cities that were there, from the torrent of Membri, till one comes to the sea. And he took the borders thereof, from Cilicia to the coast of Japheth, which are towards the south. And he carried away all the children of Median, and stripped them of all their riches, and all that resisted him he slew with the edge of the sword. But after these things he went down into the plains of Damascus in the days of the harvest, and he set all the corn on fire, and he caused all the trees and vineyards to be cut down, and the fear of them fell upon all the inhabitants of the land. Chapter 3 Many submit themselves to Holofernes. He destroyeth their cities and their gods that Nabuchodonosor only might be called God. Then the kings and the princes of all the cities and provinces of Syria, Mesopotamia, and Syria Sobal, and Libya, and Cilicia, sent their ambassadors, who coming to Holofernes, said, Let thy indignation towards us cease, for it is better for us to live and serve Nabuchodonosor, the great king, and be subject to thee, than to die and to perish, or suffer the miseries of slavery. All our cities and our possessions, all mountains and hills and fields and herds of oxen, and flocks of sheep, and goats, and horses, and camels, and all our goods and families are in thy sight. Let all we have be subject to thy law. Both we and our children are thy servants. Come to us, a peaceable Lord, and use our service as it shall please thee. Then he came down from the mountains with horsemen in great power, and made himself master of every city, and all the inhabitants of the land. And from all the cities he took auxiliaries, valiant men, and chosen for war. And so great a fear lay upon all those provinces, that the inhabitants of all the cities, both princes and nobles, as well as the people, went out to meet him at his coming, and received him with garlands, and lights, and dances, and timbrels, and flutes. And though they did these things, they could not for all that mitigate the fierceness of his heart, for he both destroyed their cities and cut down their groves. For Nabuchodonosor the king had commanded him to destroy all the gods of the earth, that he only might be called God by those nations which could be brought under him by the power of Holofernes. And when he had passed through all Syria Sobal, and all Apamia, and all Mesopotamia, he came to the Idumeans, into the land of Gabe, and he took possession of their cities, and stayed there for thirty days, in which days he commanded all the troops of his army to be united. Chapter 4 The children of Israel prepare themselves to resist Holy Furnace. They cry to the Lord for help. Then the children of Israel, who dwelt in the land of Judah, hearing these things, were exceedingly afraid of him. Dread and horror seized upon their minds, 
lest he should do the same to Jerusalem and to the temple of the Lord that he had done to other cities and their temples. And they sent into all Samaria round about as far as Jericho and seized upon all the tops of the mountains. And they compassed their towns with walls and gathered together corn for a provision for war. And Eliakim the priest wrote to all that were over against Esdraelon, which faceth the great plain near Dothane, and to all by whom there might be a passage of way, that they should take possession of the ascents of the mountains, by which there might be any way to Jerusalem, and should keep watch where the way was narrow between the mountains. And the children of Israel did as the priest of the Lord Eliakim had appointed them. And all the people cried to the Lord with great earnestness, and they humbled their souls in fastings and prayers, both they and their wives. And the priests put on haircloths, and they caused the little children to lie prostrate before the temple of the Lord. And the altar of the Lord they covered with haircloth. And they cried to the Lord, the God of Israel, with one accord, that their children might not be made a prey, and their wives carried off, and their cities destroyed, and their holy things profaned, and that they might not be made a reproach to the Gentiles. Then Eliakim, the high priest of the Lord, went about all Israel and spoke to them, saying, Know ye that the Lord will hear your prayers, if you continue with perseverance and fastings and prayers in the sight of the Lord. Remember Moses, the servant of the Lord, who overcame Amalek, that trusted in his own strength, and in his power, and in his army, and in his shields, and in his chariots, and in his horsemen, not by fighting with the sword, but by holy prayers. So shall all the enemies of Israel be, if you persevere in this work which you have begun. So they, being moved by this exhortation of his, prayed to the Lord, and continued in the sight of the Lord, so that even they who offered the holocausts to the Lord offered the sacrifices to the Lord girded with haircloths and with ashes upon their head. And they all begged of God with all their heart that he would visit his people Israel. Chapter 5. Achior gives Holofernes an account of the people of Israel. And it was told Holofernes, the general of the army of the Assyrians, that the children of Israel prepared themselves to resist and had shut up the ways of the mountains. And he was transported with exceeding great fury and indignation, and he called all the princes of Moab and the leaders of Ammon. And he said to them, Tell me what is this people that besetteth the mountains, or what are their cities, and of what sort, and how great? Also what is their power, or what is their multitude, or who is the king over their warfare? And why they above all that dwell in the east have despised us, and have not come out to meet us, that they might receive us with peace? Then Achior, captain of all the children of Ammon, answering, said, If thou vouchsafe, my lord, to hear, I will tell the truth in thy sight concerning this people that dwelleth in the mountains, and there shall not a false word come out of my mouth. This people is of the offspring of the Chaldeans. They dwelt first in Mesopotamia, because they would not follow the gods of their fathers, who were in the land of the Chaldeans. Wherefore, forsaking the ceremonies of their fathers, which consisted in the worship of many gods, they worshipped one god of heaven who also commanded them to depart from thence and to dwell in Charon. And when there was a famine over all the land, they went down into Egypt, and there for four hundred years were so multiplied that the army of them could not be numbered. And when the king of Egypt oppressed them and made slaves of them to labor in clay and brick in the building of his cities, they cried to their lord, and he struck the whole land of Egypt with diverse plagues. And when the Egyptians had cast them out from them, and the plague had ceased from them, and they had a mind to take them again and bring them back to their service, the God of heaven opened the sea to them in their flight, 
so that the waters were made to stand firm as a wall on either side, and they walked through the bottom of the sea and passed it dry foot. And when an innumerable army of the Egyptians pursued after them in that place, they were so overwhelmed with the waters that there was not one left to tell what had happened to posterity. And after they came out of the Red Sea, they abode in the deserts of Mount Sinai, in which never man could dwell or son of man rested. There bitter fountains were made sweet for them to drink, and for forty years they received food from heaven. Wheresoever they went in without bow and arrow, and without shield and sword, their God fought for them and overcame. And there was no one that triumphed over this people, but when they departed from the worship of the Lord their God. But as often as beside their own God they worshipped any other, they were given to spoil, and to the sword, and to reproach. And as often as they were penitent for having revolted from the worship of their God, the God of heaven gave them power to resist. So they overthrew the king of the Canaanites, and of the Jebusites, and of the Pharisites, and of the Hittites, and of the Hevites, and of the Amorites, and all the mighty ones in Hesebon, and they possessed their lands and their cities. And as long as they sinned not in the sight of their God, it was well with them, for their God hated iniquity. And even some years ago, when they had revolted from the way which God had given them to walk therein, they were destroyed in battles by many nations, and very many of them were led away captive into a strange land. But of late returning to the Lord their God from the different places wherein they were scattered, they are come together and are gone up into all these mountains, and possess Jerusalem again where their holies are. Now therefore, my Lord, search if there be any iniquity of theirs in the sight of their God. Let us go up to them, because their God will surely deliver them to thee, and they shall be brought under the yoke of thy power. But if there be no offense of this people in the sight of their God, we cannot resist them, because their God will defend them, and we shall be a reproach to the whole earth. And it came to pass, when Echior had ceased to speak these words, all the great men of Holy Furnace were angry, and they had a mind to kill him, saying to each other, Who is this? that saith the children of Israel can resist King Nebuchadnezzar and his armies, men unarmed, and without force, and without skill in the art of war. That Achior therefore may know that he deceiveth us, let us go up into the mountains, and when the bravest of them shall be taken, then shall he with them be stabbed with the sword, that every nation may know that Nebuchadnezzar is God of the earth, and besides him there is no other. End of side two, please. The Book of Judith, Chapter 6. Holofernes, in great rage, sendeth Achior to Bethulia, there to be slain with the Israelites. And it came to pass, when they had left off speaking, that Holofernes, being in a violent passion, said to Achior, Because thou hast prophesied unto us, saying that the nation of Israel is defended by their God, to show thee that there is no God but Nabuchodonosor, when we shall slay them all as one man, then thou also shalt die with them by the sword of the Assyrians, and all Israel shall perish with thee. Thou shalt find that Nabuchodonosor is lord of the whole earth, and then the sword of my soldiers shall pass through thy sides, and thou shalt be stabbed and fall among the wounded of Israel, and thou shalt breathe no more till thou be destroyed with them. But if thou think thy prophecy true, let not thy countenance sink, and let the paleness that is in thy face depart from thee. If thou imaginest, these my words cannot be accomplished. And that thou mayest know that thou shalt experience these things together with them, behold, from this hour thou shalt be associated to their people, that when they shall receive the punishment they deserve from my sword, 
thou mayest fall under the same vengeance. Then Holofernes commanded his servants to take Achior and to lead him to Bethulia and to deliver him into the hands of the children of Israel. And the servants of Holofernes, taking him, went through the plains. But when they came near the mountains, the slingers came out against them. Then turning out of the way by the side of the mountain, they tied Achior to a tree hand and foot, and so left him bound with ropes, and returned to their master. And the children of Israel, coming down from Bethulia, came to him, and loosing him, they brought him to Bethulia, and setting him in the midst of the people, asked him, what was the matter, that the Assyrians had left him bound. In those days the rulers there were Ozias the son of Micah, of the tribe of Simeon, and Carmi, called also Gothonio. And Achior related in the midst of the ancients and in the presence of all the people all that he had said, being asked by Holofernes, and how the people of Holofernes would have killed him for this word, and how Holofernes himself, being angry, had commanded him to be delivered for this cause to the Israelites, that when he should overcome the children of Israel, then he might command Achior also himself to be put to death by diverse torments, for having said, The God of heaven is their defender. And when Achior had declared all these things, all the people fell upon their faces, adoring the Lord, and all of them together, mourning and weeping, poured out their prayers with one accord to the Lord, saying, O Lord God of heaven and earth, behold their pride, and look on our low condition, and have regard to the face of thy saints, and show that thou forsakest not them that trust on thee, and that thou humblest them that presume of themselves and glory in their own strength. So when their weeping was ended, and the people's prayer in which they continued all the day was concluded, they comforted Achior, saying, The God of our fathers, whose power thou hast set forth, will make this return to thee, that thou rather shalt see their destruction. And when the Lord our God shall give this liberty to his servants, let God be with thee also in the midst of us, that as it shall please thee, so thou with all thine mayest converse with us. Then Ozias, after the assembly was broken up, received him into his house, and made him a great supper. And all the ancients were invited, and they refreshed themselves together after their fast was over. And afterwards all the people were called together, and they prayed all the night long within the church, desiring help of the God of Israel. Chapter 7. Holy Furnace Besiegeth Bethulia. The Distress of the Besieged. But Holofernes on the next day gave orders to his army to go up against Bethulia. Now there were in his troops a hundred and twenty thousand footmen and two and twenty thousand horsemen, besides the preparations of those men who had been taken and who had been brought away out of the provinces and cities of all the youth. All these prepared themselves together to fight against the children of Israel. And they came by the hillside to the top which looketh toward Dothane, from the place which is called Belma, unto Kelmon, which is over against Esdraelon. But the children of Israel, when they saw the multitude of them, prostrated themselves upon the ground, putting ashes upon their heads, praying with one accord that the God of Israel would show his mercy upon his people. And taking their arms of war, they posted themselves at the places which by a narrow pathway led directly between the mountains, and they guarded them all day and night. Now Holofernes, in going round about, found that the fountain which supplied them with water ran through an aqueduct without the city on the south side, and he commanded their aqueduct to be cut off. Nevertheless, 
there were springs not far from the walls, out of which they were seen secretly to draw water, to refresh themselves a little rather than to drink their fill. But the children of Ammon and Moab came to Holofernes, saying, The children of Israel trust not in their spears, nor in their arrows, but the mountains are their defense, and the steep hills and precipices guard them. Wherefore, that thou mayest overcome them without joining battle, set guards at the springs, that they may not draw water out of them, and thou shalt destroy them without sword, or, at least being wearied out, they will yield up their city, which they suppose, because it is situate in the mountains, to be impregnable. And these words pleased Holy Furnace, sent his officers, and he placed all round about a hundred men at every spring. When they had kept this watch for full twenty days, the cisterns and the reserve of waters failed among all the inhabitants of Bethulia, so that there was not within the city enough to satisfy them, no, not for one day, for water was daily given out to the people by measure. Then all the men and women, young men and children, gathering themselves together to Ozias, all together, with one voice said, God be judge between us and thee, for thou hast done evil against us, in that thou wouldst not speak peaceably with the Assyrians, and for this cause God hath sold us into their hands. And therefore there is no one to help us, while we are cast down before their eyes in thirst and sad destruction. And now assemble ye all that are in this city, that we may of our own accord yield ourselves all up to the people of Holy Furnace. For it is better that being captives we should live and bless the Lord, than that we should die and be a reproach to all flesh after we have seen our wives and our infants die before our eyes. We call to witness this day heaven and earth, and the God of our fathers who taketh vengeance upon us according to our sins, conjuring you to deliver now the city into the hand of the army of Holofernes, that our end may be short by the edge of the sword, which is made longer by the drought of thirst. And when they had said these things, there was great weeping and lamentation of all in the assembly, and for many hours with one voice they cried to God, saying, we have sinned with our fathers, we have done unjustly, we have committed iniquity. Have thou mercy on us, because thou art good, or punish our iniquities by chastising us thyself, and deliver not them that trust in thee to a people that knoweth not thee, that they may not say among the Gentiles, Where is their God? And when being wearied with these cries, and tired with these weepings, they held their peace. Ozias, rising up all in tears, said, be of good courage, my brethren, and let us wait these five days for mercy from the Lord, for perhaps he will put a stop to his indignation and will give glory to his own name. But if after five days be passed there come no aid, we will do the things which you have spoken. Chapter 8. The Character of Judith. Our Discourse to the Ancients. Now it came to pass when Judith, a widow, had heard these words, who was the daughter of Merari, the son of Idox, the son of Joseph, the son of Ozias, the son of Eli, the son of Jamnor, the son of Gideon, the son of Raphaim, the son of Echitob, the son of Melchias, the son of Enan, the son of Nathanias, the son of Salathiel, the son of Simeon, the son of Reuben. And her husband was Manasses, who died in the time of the barley harvest. For he was standing over them that bound sheaves in the field, and the heat came upon his head, and he died in Bethulia, his own city, and was buried there with his fathers. And Judith, his relict, was a widow now three years and six months. 
and she made herself a private chamber in the upper part of her house in which she abode shut up with her maids. And she wore hair cloth upon her loins and fasted all the days of her life, except the Sabbaths and new moons and the feasts of the house of Israel. And she was exceedingly beautiful, and her husband left her great riches and very many servants and large possessions of herds of oxen and flocks of sheep. And she was greatly renowned among all because she feared the Lord very much. Neither was there anyone that spoke an ill word of her. When therefore she had heard that Ozias had promised that he would deliver up the city after the fifth day, she sent to the ancients Habri and Charmi, and they came to her, and she said to them, What is this word by which Ozias hath consented to give up the city to the Assyrians, if within five days there come no aid to us? And who are you that tempt the Lord? This is not a word that may draw down mercy, but rather that may stir up wrath and enkindle indignation. You have set a time for the mercy of the Lord, and you have appointed him a day according to your pleasure. But for as much as the Lord is patient, let us be penitent for this same thing, and with many tears let us beg his pardon. For God will not threaten like man, nor be inflamed to anger like the Son of Man. And therefore let us humble our souls before him, and continuing in an humble spirit in his service, let us ask the Lord with tears that according to his will, so he would show his mercy to us, that as our heart is troubled by their pride, so also we may glorify in our humility. For we have not followed the sins of our fathers, who forsook their God and worshipped strange gods, for which crime they were given up to their enemies, to the sword and to pillage and to confusion. But we know no other God but him. Let us humbly wait for his consolation, and the Lord our God will require our blood of the afflictions of our enemies, and he will humble all the nations that shall rise up against us and bring them to disgrace. And now, brethren, as you are the ancients among the people of God, and their very soul resteth upon you, comfort their hearts by your speech, that they may be mindful how our fathers were tempted, that they might be proved whether they worshipped their God truly. They must remember how our father Abraham was tempted, and being proved by many tribulations, was made the friend of God. So Isaac, so Jacob, so Moses, and all that have pleased God passed through many tribulations, remaining faithful. But they that did not receive the trials with the fear of the Lord, but uttered their impatience and the reproach of their murmuring against the Lord, were destroyed by the destroyer and perished by serpents. As for us, therefore, let us not revenge ourselves for these things which we suffer, but esteeming these very punishments to be less than our sins deserve, let us believe that these scourges of the Lord with which, like servants, we are chastised, have happened for our amendment and not for our destruction. And Ozias and the ancients said to her, All things which thou hast spoken are true, and there is nothing to be reprehended in thy words. Now therefore pray for us, for thou art a holy woman, and one fearing God. And Judith said to them, As you know that what I have been able to say is of God, so that which I intend to do, prove ye if it be of God, and pray that God may strengthen my design. You shall stand at the gate this night, and I will go out with my maidservant, and pray ye that as you have said, in five days the Lord may look down upon his people Israel. But I desire that you search not into what I am doing, and till I bring you word, let nothing else be done but to pray for me to the Lord our God. And Ozias the prince of Judah said to her, Go in peace, and the Lord be with thee to take revenge of our enemies. So returning, they departed.
Chapter 9. Judith's Prayer to Beg of God to Fortify Her in Her Understanding. And when they were gone, Judith went into her oratory, and putting on hair cloth, laid ashes on her head, and falling down prostrate before the Lord, she cried to the Lord, saying, O Lord God of my father Simeon, who gaveth him a sword to execute vengeance against strangers, who had defiled by their uncleanness, and uncovered the virgin unto confusion, and who gave us their wives to be made a prey, and their daughters into captivity, and all their spoils to be divided to thy servants, who were zealous with thy zeal. Assist, I beseech thee, O Lord God, me a widow. For thou hast done the things of old, and hast devised one thing after another, and what thou hast designed hath been done. For all thy ways are prepared, and in thy providence thou hast placed thy judgments. Look upon the camp of the Assyrians now, as thou wast pleased to look upon the camp of the Egyptians, when they pursued armed after thy servants, trusting in their chariots, and in their horsemen, and in a multitude of warriors. But thou lookest over their camp, and darkness wearied them. The deep held their feet, and the waters overwhelmed them. So may it be with these also, O Lord, who trust in their multitude, and in their chariots, and in their pikes, and in their shields, and in their arrows, and glory in their spears. And know not that thou art our God, who destroyest wars from the beginning. The Lord is thy name. Lift up thy arm as from the beginning, and crush their power with thy power. Let their power fall in their wrath, who promised themselves to violate thy sanctuary, and defile the dwelling place of thy name, and to beat down with their sword the horn of thy altar. Bring to pass, O Lord, that his pride may be cut off with his own sword. Let him be caught in the net of his own eyes in my regard, and do thou strike him by the graces of the words of my lips. Give me constancy in my mind, that I may despise him, and fortitude, that I may overthrow him. For this will be a glorious monument for thy name, when he shall fall by the hand of a woman. For thy power, O Lord, is not in a multitude, nor is thy pleasure in the strength of horses, nor from the beginning have the proud been acceptable to thee, but the prayer of the humble and the meek hath always pleased thee. O God of the heavens, creator of the waters, and Lord of the whole creation, hear me, a poor wretch, making supplication to thee, and presuming of thy mercy. Remember, O Lord, thy covenant, and put thou words in my mouth, and strengthen the resolution in my heart, that thy house may continue in thy holiness. And all nations may acknowledge that thou art God, and there is no other besides thee. Chapter 10. Judith goeth out towards the camp, and is taken and brought to Holofernes. And it came to pass, when she had ceased to cry to the Lord, that she rose from the place wherein she lay prostrate before the Lord. And she called her maid, and going down into her house, she took off her hair cloth, and put away the garments of her widowhood. And she washed her body, and anointed herself with the best ointment, and plaited the hair of her head, and put a bonnet upon her head, and clothed herself with the garments of her gladness, and put sandals on her feet, and took her bracelets, and lilies, and earlets, and rings, and adorned herself with all her ornaments. And the Lord also gave her more beauty, because all this dressing up did not proceed from sensuality, but from virtue. And therefore the Lord increased this her beauty, so that she appeared to all men's eyes incomparably lovely. And she gave to her maid a bottle of wine to carry, and a vessel of oil, and parched corn, and dry figs, and bread and cheese, and went out. And when they came to the gate of the city, they found Ozias and the ancients of the city waiting. 
and when they saw her, they were astonished and admired her beauty exceedingly. But they asked her no question. Only they let her pass, saying, The God of our fathers, give thee grace, and may he strengthen all the counsel of thy heart with his power, that Jerusalem may glory in thee, and thy name may be in the number of the holy and just. And they that were there said, all with one voice, So be it, so be it. But Judith, praying to the Lord, passed through the gates, she and her maid. And it came to pass, when she was down the hill, about break of day, that the watchmen of the Assyrians met her, and stopped her, saying, Whence comest thou, or whither goest thou? And she answered, I am a daughter of the Hebrews, and I am fled from them, because I knew they would be made a prey to you, because they despised you, and would not of their own accord yield themselves, that they might find mercy in your sight. For this reason I thought with myself, saying, I will go to the presence of the Prince Holofernes, that I may tell him their secrets, and show him by what way he may take them, without the loss of one man in his army. And when the men had heard her words, they beheld her face, and their eyes were amazed, for they wondered exceedingly at her beauty. And they said to her, Thou hast saved thy life by taking this resolution, to come down to our Lord. And be assured of this, that when thou shalt stand before him, he will treat thee well, and thou wilt be most acceptable to his heart. And they brought her to the tent of Holy Furnace, telling him of her. And when she was come into his presence, forthwith Holy Furnace was caught by his eyes. And his officers said to him, Who can despise the people of the Hebrews who have such beautiful women, that we should not think it worth our while for their sakes to fight against them? And Judith, seeing Holy Furnace, sitting under a canopy which was woven of purple and gold with emeralds and precious stones. After she had looked on his face, bowed down to him, prostrating herself on the ground, and the servants of Holofernes lifted her up by the command of their master. Chapter 11 Judith speaks to Holofernes. Then Holofernes said to her, Be of good comfort and fear not in thy heart, for I have never heard a man that was willing to serve Nabuchodonosor, the king. And if thy people had not despised me, I would never have lifted up my spear against them. But now tell me, for what cause hast thou left them, and why it hath pleased thee to come to us? And Judith said to him, Receive the words of thy handmaid, for if thou wilt follow the words of thy handmaid, the Lord will do with thee a perfect thing. For as Nabuchodonosor, the king of the earth, liveth, and his power liveth, which is in thee for chastising of all straying souls, not only men serve him through thee, but also the beasts of the field obey him. For the industry of thy mind is spoken of among all nations, and it is told through the whole world that thou only art excellent and mighty in all his kingdom, and thy discipline is cried up in all provinces. It is known also what Achior said, nor are we ignorant of what thou hast commanded to be done to him. For it is certain that our God is so offended with sins that he hath sent word by his prophets to the people that he will deliver them up for their sins. And because the children of Israel know they have offended their God, thy dread is upon them. Moreover, also a famine hath come upon them, and for drought of water they are all ready to be counted among the dead. And they have a design even to kill their cattle and to drink the blood of them. And the consecrated things of the Lord their God, which God forbade them to touch in corn, wine, and oil, 
These have they proposed to make use of, and they design to consume the things which they ought not to touch with their hands. Therefore, because they do these things, it is certain they will be given up to destruction. And I, thy handmaid, knowing this, am fled from them. The Lord hath sent me to tell these very things. For I, thy handmaid, worship God even now that I am with thee. And thy handmaid will go out, and I will pray to God, and he will tell me when he will repay them for their sins. And I will come and tell thee, so that I may bring thee through the midst of Jerusalem, and thou shalt have all the people of Israel as sheep that have no shepherd, and there shall not so much as one dog bark against thee, because these things are told me by the providence of God. And because God is angry with them, I am sent to tell these very things to thee. And all these words pleased Holofernes and his servants, and they admired her wisdom, and they said one to another, There is not such another woman upon earth in look, in beauty, and in sense of words. And Holofernes said to her, God hath done well, who sent thee before the people, that thou mightest give them into our hands. And because thy promise is good, if thy God shall do this for me, he shall also be my God. And thou shalt be great in the house of Nebuchadnezzar, and thy name shall be renowned through all the earth. Chapter 12 Judith goeth out in the night to pray. She is invited to a banquet with Holofernes. Then he ordered that she should go in where his treasures were laid up, and bade her tarry there, and he appointed what should be given her from his own table. And Judith answered him and said, Now I cannot eat of these things which thou commandest to be given me, lest sin come upon me, but I will eat of the things which I have brought. And Holofernes said to her, If these things which thou hast brought with thee fail thee, what shall we do for thee? And Judith said, As thy soul liveth, my lord, thy handmaid shall not spend all these things till God do by my hand that which I have proposed. And his servants brought her into the tent, which he had commanded. And when she was going in, she desired that she might have liberty to go out at night and before day to prayer and to beseech the Lord. And he commanded his chamberlains that she might go out and in to adore her God as she pleased for three days. And she went out in the nights into the valley of Bethulia and washed herself in a fountain of water. And as she came up, she prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel, that he would direct her way to the deliverance of his people. And going in, she remained pure in the tent until she took her own meat in the evening. And it came to pass on the fourth day that Holofernes made a supper for his servants and said to Vagao, his eunuch, Go and persuade that Hebrew woman to consent of her own accord to dwell with me. For it is looked upon as shameful among the Assyrians if a woman mock a man by doing so as to pass free from him. Then Vagao went into Judith and said, Let not my good maid be afraid to go in to my Lord, that she may be honored before his face, that she may eat with him and drink wine and be merry. And Judith answered him, Who am I that I should gainsay my Lord? All that shall be good and best before his eyes I will do. And whatsoever shall please him, that shall be best to me all the days of my life. 
and she arose and dressed herself out with her garments. Going in, she stood before his face, and the heart of Holofernes was smitten, for he was burning with the desire of her. And Holofernes said to her, Drink now, and sit down and be merry, for thou hast found favor before me. And Judith said, I will drink, my lord, because my life is magnified this day above all my days. And she took and ate and drank before him what her maid had prepared for her. And Holy Furnace was made merry on her occasion and drank exceeding much wine, so much as he had never drunk in his life. Chapter 13 Judith cutteth off the head of Holy Furnace and returneth to Bethulia. And when it was grown late, his servants made haste to their lodgings, and Vagal shut the chamber doors and went his way. And they were all overcharged with wine. And Judith was alone in the chamber. But Holy Furnace lay on his bed, fast asleep, being exceedingly drunk. And Judith spoke to her maid to stand without before the chamber and to watch. And Judith stood before the bed, praying with tears and the motion of her lips in silence, saying, Strengthen me, O Lord God of Israel, in this hour look on the works of my hands, that as thou hast promised, thou mayest raise up Jerusalem thy city, and that I may bring to pass that which I have proposed, having a belief that it might be done by thee. And when she had said this, she went to the pillar that was at his bed's head, and loosed his sword that hung tied upon it. And when she had drawn it out, she took him by the hair of his head and said, Strengthen me, O Lord God, at this hour. And she struck twice upon his neck and cut off his head and took off his canopy from the pillars and rolled away his headless body. And after a while she went out and delivered the head of Holofernes to her maid and bade her put it into her wallet. And they too went out according to their custom, as it were, to prayer, and they passed the camp, and having compassed the valley, they came to the gate of the city. And Judith from afar off cried to the watchmen upon the walls, Open the gates, for God is with us, who hath shown his power in Israel. And it came to pass, when the men had heard her voice, that they called the ancients of the city, and all ran to meet her from the least to the greatest, for they now had no hopes that she would come. And lighting up lights, they all gathered round about her, and she went up to a higher place and commanded silence to be made. And when all had held their peace, Judith said, Praise ye the Lord our God, who hath not forsaken them that hope in him. And by me his handmaid he hath fulfilled his mercy, which he promised to the house of Israel. And he hath killed the enemy of his people by my hand this night. Then she brought forth the head of Holofernes out of the wallet, and showed it them, saying, Behold the head of Holofernes, the general of the army of the Assyrians, and behold his canopy, wherein he lay in his drunkenness, where the Lord our God slew him by the hand of a woman. But as the same Lord liveth, his angel hath been my keeper, both going hence and abiding there, and returning from thence hither. And the Lord hath not suffered me his handmaid to be defiled, but hath brought me back to you without pollution of sin rejoicing for his victory, for my escape, and for your deliverance. Give all of you glory to him, because he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. And they all adored the Lord, and said to her, The Lord hath blessed thee by his power, because by thee he hath brought our enemies to naught. And Ozias, the prince of the people of Israel, said to her, 
Blessed art thou, O daughter, by the Lord, the Most High God, above all women upon the earth. Blessed be the Lord who made heaven and earth, who hath directed thee to the cutting off the head of the prince of our enemies. Because he hath so magnified thy name this day, thy praise shall not depart out of the mouth of men who shall be mindful of the power of the Lord forever. For that thou hast not spared thy life by reason of the distress and tribulation of thy people, but hast prevented our ruin by the presence of our God. And all the people said, So be it, so be it. And Achior, being called for, came. And Judith said to him, The God of Israel, to whom thou gavest testimony, that he revengeth himself of his enemies. He hath cut off the head of all the unbelievers this night by my hand. And that thou mayest find that it is so, behold, the head of Holofernes, who, in the contempt of his pride, despised the God of Israel, and threatened thee with death, saying, When the people of Israel shall be taken, I will command thy sides to be pierced with a sword. Then Achior, seeing the head of Holofernes, being seized with a great fear, he fell on his face upon the earth, and his soul swooned away. But after he had recovered his spirits, he fell down at her feet, and reverenced her, and said, Blessed art thou by thy God in every tabernacle of Jacob, for in every nation which shall hear thy name, the God of Israel shall be magnified on occasion of thee. Chapter 14. The Israelites assault the Assyrians, who, finding their generals slain, are seized with a panic fear. And Judith said to all the people, Hear me, my brethren, hang ye up this head upon our walls. And as soon as the sun shall rise, let every man take his arms and rush ye out, not as going down beneath, but as making an assault. Then the watchmen must needs run to awake their prince for the battle. And when the captains of them shall run to the tent of Holy Furnace, and shall find him without his head wallowing in his blood, fear shall fall upon them. And when you shall know that they are fleeing, go after them securely, for the Lord will destroy them under your feet. Then Achior, seeing the power that the God of Israel had wrought, leaving the religion of the Gentiles, he believed God, and circumcised the flesh of his foreskin, and was joined to the people of Israel with all the succession of his kindred until this present day. And immediately at break of day they hung up the head of Holy Furnace upon the walls, and every man took his arms, and they went out with a great noise and shouting. And the watchmen, seeing this, ran to the tent of Holy Furnace, and they that were in the tent came and made a noise before the door of the chamber to awake him, endeavoring by art to break his rest. That holy furnace might awake, not by their calling him, but by their noise. For no man durst knock or open and go into the chamber of the general of the Assyrians. But when his captains and tribunes were come, and all the chiefs of the army of the king of the Assyrians, they said to the chamberlains, Go in and awake him. For the mice coming out of their holes have presumed to challenge us to fight. Then Bagao, going into his chamber, stood before the curtain and made a clapping with his hands, for he thought that he was sleeping with Judith. But when, with hearkening, he perceived no motion of one lying, he came near to the curtains and lifting it up, and seeing the body of Holy Furnace lying upon the ground without the head, weltering in his blood, he cried out with a loud voice, with weeping, and rent his garments. And he went into the tent of Judith, and not finding her, he ran out to the people and said, One Hebrew woman hath made confusion in the house of King Nebuchadnezzar. For behold, Holy Furnace, 
lieth upon the ground, and his head is not upon him. Now when the chiefs of the army of the Assyrians had heard this, they all rent their garments, and an intolerable fear and dread fell upon them, and their minds were troubled exceedingly, and there was a very great cry in the midst of their camp. Chapter 15. The Assyrians flee, the Hebrews pursue after them, and are enriched by their spoils. And when all the army heard that Holofernes was beheaded, courage and counsel fled from them, and being seized with trembling and fear, they thought only to save themselves by flight, so that no one spoke to his neighbor, but hanging down the head, leaving all things behind, they made haste to escape from the Hebrews, who, as they heard, were coming armed upon them, and fled by the ways of the fields and the paths of the hills. So the children of Israel, seeing them fleeing, followed after them, and they went down, sounding with trumpets and shouting after them. And because the Assyrians were not united together, they went without order in their flight. But the children of Israel, pursuing in one body, defeated all that they could find. And Uzziah sent messengers through all the cities and countries of Israel. And every country and every city sent their chosen young men armed after them. And they pursued them with the edge of the sword until they came to the extremities of their confines. And the rest that were in Bethulia went into the camp of the Assyrians and took away the spoils which the Assyrians in their flight had left behind them, and they were laden exceedingly. But they that returned conquerors to Bethulia brought with them all things that were theirs, so that there was no numbering of their cattle and beasts and all their movables, insomuch that from the least to the greatest all were made rich by their spoils. And Joachim, the high priest, came from Jerusalem to Bethulia with all his ancients to see Judith. And when she was come out to him, they all blessed her with one voice, saying, Thou art the glory of Jerusalem, thou art the joy of Israel, thou art the honor of our people. For thou hast done manfully, and thy heart has been strengthened, because thou hast loved chastity, and after thy husband hast not known any other. Therefore also the hand of the Lord hath strengthened thee, and therefore thou shalt be blessed forever. And all the people said, So be it, so be it. And thirty days were scarce sufficient for the people of Israel to gather up the spoils of the Assyrians. But all those things that were proved to be the peculiar goods of Holofernes, they gave to Judith in gold and silver and garments and precious stones and all household stuff. And they all were delivered to her by the people. And all the people rejoiced with the women and virgins and young men playing on instruments and harps. Chapter 16 the canticle of Judith, her virtuous life and death. Then Judith sung this canticle to the Lord, saying, Begin ye to the Lord with timbrels, sing ye to the Lord with cymbals, tune unto him a new psalm, extol and call upon his name. The Lord putteth an end to wars, the Lord is his name. He hath set his camp in the midst of his people, to deliver us from the hand of all our enemies. The Assyrian came out of the mountains from the north in the multitude of his strength. His multitude stopped up the torrents, and their horses covered the valleys. He bragged that he would set my borders on fire and kill my young men with a sword to make my infants a prey and my virgins captives. But the Almighty Lord hath struck him, and hath delivered him into the hands of a woman, and hath slain him. For their mighty one did not fall by young men, neither did the sons of Titan strike him, nor tall giants oppose themselves to him. But Judith, 
the daughter of Mirari, weakened him with the beauty of her face, where she put off her the garments of widowhood and put on her the garments of joy to give joy to the children of Israel. She anointed her face with ointment and bound up her locks with a crown. She took a new robe to deceive him. Her sandals ravished his eyes. Her beauty made his soul a captive. With a sword she cut off his head. The Persians quaked at her constancy and the Medes at her boldness. Then the camp of the Assyrians howled when my lowly ones appeared, parched with thirst. The sons of the damsels have pierced them through, and they have killed them like children fleeing away. They perished in battle before the face of the Lord my God. Let us sing a hymn to the Lord. Let us sing a new hymn to our God. O Adonai, Lord, great art thou, and glorious in thy power, and no one can overcome thee. Let all thy creatures serve thee, because thou hast spoken, and they were made. Thou didst send forth thy spirit, and they were created, and there is no one that can resist thy voice. The mountains shall be moved from the foundations with the waters. The rocks shall melt as wax before thy face. But they that fear thee shall be great with thee in all things. Woe be to the nation that riseth up against my people. For the Lord Almighty will take revenge on them. In the day of judgment he will visit them. For he will give fire and worms into their flesh. that They may burn and may feel forever. And it came to pass after these things that all the people after the victory came to Jerusalem to adore the Lord. And as soon as they were purified, they all offered holocausts and vows and their promises. And Judith offered for an anathema of oblivion all the arms of Holofernes, which the people gave her, and the canopy that she had taken away out of his chamber. And the people were joyful in the sight of the sanctuary. And for three months the joy of this victory was celebrated with Judith. And after those days every man returned to his house, and Judith was made great in Bethulia, and she was most renowned in all the land of Israel. And chastity was joined to her virtue, so that she knew no man all the days of her life after the death of Manasseh, her husband. And on festival days she came forth with great glory. And she abode in her husband's house a hundred and five years, and made her handmaid free. And she died and was buried with her husband in Bethulia. And all the people mourned for seven days. And all the time of her life there was none that troubled Israel, nor many years after her death. But the day of the festivity of this victory is received by the Hebrews in the number of holy days, and is religiously observed by the Jews from that time until this day. Thus concludes the book of Judith. The Book of Esther, Chapter 1. King Aswerus maketh a great feast. Queen Vestai, being sent for, refuseth to come, for which disobedience she is deposed. In the days of Aswerus, who reigned from India to Ethiopia over a hundred and twenty-seven provinces, when he sat on the throne of his kingdom, the city Susan was the capital of his kingdom. Now in the third year of his reign he made a great feast for all the princes and for his servants, for the most mighty of the Persians and the nobles of the Medes and the governors of the provinces in his sight, that he might show the riches of the glory of his kingdom and the greatness and boasting of his power for a long time, to wit, for a hundred and fourscore days. And when the days of the feast were expired, he invited all the people that were found in Susan, from the greatest 
to the least, and commanded a feast to be made seven days in the court of the garden and of the wood, which was planted by the care and the hand of the king. And there were hung up on every side sky-colored and green and violet hangings, fastened with cords of silk and of purple, which were put into rings of ivory, and were held up with marble pillars. The beds also were of gold and silver, placed in order upon a floor paved with porphyry and white marble, which was embellished with painting of wonderful variety. And they that were invited drank in golden cups, and the meats were brought in diverse vessels one after another. Wine also in abundance, and of the best, was presented, as was worthy of a king's magnificence. Neither was there any one to compel them to drink that were not willing, but as the king had appointed, who set over every table one of his nobles, that every man might take what he would. And Vastai, the queen, made a feast for the women in the palace, where King Oswaris was used to dwell. Now on the seventh day, when the king was merry, and after very much drinking, was well warmed with wine, he commanded Malman, and Bazatha, and Harbona, and Bagatha, and Abgatha, and Zethar, and Karkas, the seven eunuchs that served in his presence, to bring in Queen Vastai before the king, with the crown set upon her head, to show her beauty to all the people and the princes, for she was exceedingly beautiful. But she refused, and would not come at the king's commandment, which she had signified to her by the eunuchs, whereupon the king, being angry, and inflamed with a very great fury, asked the wise men, who, according to the custom of the kings, were always near his person, and all he did was by their counsel, who knew the laws and judgments of their forefathers. Now the chief and nearest him were Carcina, and Sethar, and Admatha, and Tharsis, and Maris, and Marsana, and Mamukan, seven princes of the Persians, and of the Medes who saw the face of the king, and were used to sit first after him. What sentence ought to pass upon Vastai the queen, who had refused to obey the commandment of King Oswaris, which he had sent to her by the eunuchs? And Mamukan answered in the hearing of the king and the princes, Queen Vestai hath not only injured the king, but also all the people and princes that are in all the provinces of King Oswaris. For this deed of the queen will go abroad to all women, so that they will despise their husbands, and will say, King Oswaris commanded that Queen Vestai should come in to him, and she would not. And by this example all the wives of the princes of the Persians and the Medes will slight the commandments of their husbands. Wherefore the king's indignation is just. If it please thee, let an edict go out from thy presence, and let it be written according to the law of the Persians and of the Medes, which must not be altered, that Vatsai come in no more to the king, but another, that is better than her, be made queen in her place. And let this be published through all the provinces of thy empire, which is very wide, and let all wives as well as the greater as of the lesser give honor to their husbands. His counsel pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the counsel of Mamukan. And he sent letters to all the provinces of his kingdom, as every nation could hear and read in diverse languages and characters, that the husbands should be rulers and masters in their houses, and that this should be published to every people. End of side one. Chapter two. Esther is advanced to be queen. Mordecai detecteth a plot against the king. After this, when the wrath of King Oswaris was appeased, he remembered Vestai and what she had done and what she had suffered. And the king's servants and his officers said, Let young women be sought for the king, virgins and beautiful, and let some persons be sent 
through all the provinces to look for beautiful maidens and virgins and let them bring them to the city of Susan and put them into the house of the women under the hand of Aegeus the eunuch who was the overseer and keeper of the king's women and let them receive women's ornaments and other things necessary for their use and whosoever among them all shall please the king's eyes let her be queen instead of Vastai the word pleased the king and he commanded it should be done as they had suggested there was a man in the city of Susan a Jew named Mordecai the son of Jair, the son of Semai, the son of Sis, of the race of Gemini, who had been carried away from Jerusalem at the time that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, carried away Jeconias, king of Judah. And he had brought up his brother's daughter, Adissa, who by another name was called Esther. Now she had lost both her parents and was exceeding fair and beautiful. And her father and mother being dead, Mordecai adopted her for his daughter. And when the king's ordinance was noised abroad, and according to his commandment, many beautiful virgins were brought to Susan, and were delivered to Aegeus, the eunuch. Esther, also among the rest of the maidens, was delivered to him to be kept in the number of the women. And she pleased him and found favor in his sight. And he commanded the eunuch to hasten the women's ornaments, and to deliver to her her part, and seven of the most beautiful maidens of the king's house and to adorn and deck out both her and her waiting maids. And she would not tell him her people, nor her country. For Mordecai had charged her to say nothing at all of that. And he walked every day before the court of the house, in which the chosen virgins were kept, having a care for Esther's welfare, and desiring to know what would befall her. Now when every virgin's turn came to go into the king, after all had been done for setting them off to advantage, it was the twelfth month so that for six months they were anointed with oil of myrrh, and for other six months they used certain perfumes and sweet spices. And when they were going in to the king, whatsoever they asked to adorn themselves they received, and being decked out as it pleased them, they passed from the chamber of the women to the king's chamber. And she that went in at evening came out in the morning, and from thence she was conducted to the second house that was under the hand of Susagas, the eunuch, who had the charge over the king's concubines. Neither could she return any more to the king unless the king desired it, and had ordered her by name to come. And as the time came orderly about, the day was at hand when Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the brother of Mordecai, whom he had adopted for his daughter, was to go in to the king. But she sought not women's ornaments, but whatsoever Aegeus, the eunuch, the keeper of the virgins, had a mind, he gave her to adorn her. For she was exceeding fair, and her incredible beauty made her appear agreeable and amiable in the eyes of all. So she was brought to the chamber of King Oswaris the tenth month, which is called Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved her more than all the women, and she had favor and kindness before him above all the women. And he set the royal crown on her head, and made her queen instead of Vastai. And he commanded a magnificent feast to be prepared for all the princes and for his servants for the marriage and wedding of Esther. And he gave rest to all the provinces and bestowed gifts according to princely magnificence. And when the virgins were sought the second time and gathered together, Mordecai stayed at the king's gate. Neither had Esther as yet declared her country and people according to his commandment. For whatsoever he commanded, Esther observed. And she did all things in the same manner as she was wont at that time when he brought her up a little one. 
At that time, therefore, when Mordecai abode at the king's gate, Bagathon and Thares, two of the king's eunuchs, who were porters and presided in the first entry of the palace, were angry, and they designed to rise up against the king and to kill him. And Mordecai had notice of it, and immediately he told it to Queen Esther, and she to the king in Mordecai's name, who had reported the thing unto her. It was inquired into and found out, and they were both hanged on a gibbet, and it was put in the histories and recorded in the chronicles before the king. Chapter 3. Amon, advanced by the king, is offended at Mordecai, and therefore procureth the king's decree to destroy the whole nation of the Jews. After these things, King Oswaris advanced Amon, the son of Amadthai, who was of the race of Agag, and he set his throne above all the princes that were with him. And all the king's servants that were at the doors of the palace bent their knees and worshipped Amon, for so the emperor had commanded them. Only Mordecai did not bend his knee nor worship him. And the king's servants that were chief at the doors of the palace said to him, Why dost thou alone not observe the king's commandment. When they were saying this often, and he would not hearken to them, they told Amon, desirous to know whether he would continue in his resolution, for he had told them that he was a Jew. Now when Amon had heard this, and had proved by experience that Mordecai did not bend his knee to him, nor worship him, he was exceeding angry, and he counted it nothing to lay his hands upon Mordecai alone, for he had heard that he was of the nation of the Jews, and he chose rather to destroy all the nation of the Jews that were in the kingdom of Oswaris. In the first month, which is called Nisan, in the twelfth year of the reign of Oswaris, the lot was cast into an urn, which in Hebrew is called Fur, before Amon, on what day and what month the nation of the Jews should be destroyed. And there came out the twelfth month, which is called Adar. And Amon said to King Oswaris, There is a people scattered through all the provinces of thy kingdom, separated one from another, that use new laws and ceremonies, and moreover despise the king's ordinances. And thou knowest very well that it is not expedient for thy kingdom that they should grow insolent by impunity. If it please thee, decree that they may be destroyed, and I will pay ten thousand talents to thy treasurers. And the king took the ring that he used for his own hand, and gave it to Amon, the son of Amadathai, of the race of Agag, the enemy of the Jews. And he said to him, As to the money which thou promisest, keep it for thyself. And as to the people, do with them as seemest good to thee. And the king's scribes were called in the first month Nisan, on the thirteenth day of the same month. And they wrote as Amon had commanded to all the king's lieutenants, and to the judges of the provinces, and of diverse nations, as every nation could read, and hear according to their different languages, in the name of King Oswaris, and the letters sealed with his ring, were sent by the king's messengers to all provinces to kill and destroy all the Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, that is, on the thirteenth of the twelfth month, which is called Adar, and to make a spoil of their goods. And the contents of the letters were to this effect, that all provinces might know and be ready against that day. The couriers that were sent made haste to fulfill the king's commandment. And immediately the edict was hung up in Susan, the king and Amon feasting together, and all the Jews that were in the city weeping. Chapter 4 Mordecai desireth Esther to petition the king for the Jews. They join in fasting and prayer. 
Now when Mordecai had heard these things, he rent his garments and put on sackcloth, strewing ashes on his head. And he cried with a loud voice in the street, in the midst of the city, showing the anguish of his mind. And he came lamenting in this manner even to the gate of the palace, for no one clothed with sackcloth might enter the king's court. And in all provinces, towns, and places to which the king's cruel edict was come, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, wailing, and weeping, many using sackcloth and ashes for their bed. Then Esther's maids and her eunuchs went in and told her. And when she heard it, she was in a consternation, and she sent a garment to clothe him and to take away the sackcloth, but he would not receive it. And she called for Athak, the eunuch, whom the king had appointed to attend upon her. And she commanded him to go to Mordecai and learn of him why he did this. And Athak, going out, went to Mordecai, who was standing in the street of the city before the palace gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened, how Amon had promised to pay money into the king's treasures to have the Jews destroyed. He gave him also a copy of the edict, which was hanging up in Susan, that he should show it to the queen and admonish her to go into the king and to entreat him for her people. And Ethak went back and told Esther all that Mordecai had said. She answered him and bade him say to Mordecai, All the king's servants and all the provinces that are under his dominion know that whosoever, whether man or woman, cometh into the king's inner court, who is not called for, is immediately to be put to death without any delay, except the king shall hold out the golden scepter to him in token of clemency, that so he may live. How then can I go in to the king, who for these thirty days now have not been called unto him? And when Mordecai had heard this, he sent word to Esther again, saying, Think not that thou mayest save thy life only, because thou art in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou wilt now hold thy peace, the Jews shall be delivered by some other occasion, and thou and thy father's house shall perish. And who knoweth whether thou art not therefore come to the kingdom, that thou mightest be ready in such a time as this? And again Esther sent to Mordecai in these words, Go and gather together all the Jews whom thou shalt find in Susan, and pray ye for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days and three nights, and I with my handmaids will fast in like manner. And then I will go into the king against the law, not being called, and expose myself to death and to danger. So Mordecai went and did all that Esther had commanded him. Chapter 5. Esther is graciously received. She inviteth the king and Amon to dinner. Amon prepareth a gibbet for Mordecai. And on the third day Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's hall. Now he sat upon his throne in the hall of the palace, over against the door of the house. And when he saw Esther the queen standing, she pleased his eyes, and he held out toward her the golden scepter, which he held in his hand. And she drew near and kissed the top of his scepter. And the king said to her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? What is thy request? If thou shouldst even ask one half of the kingdom, it shall be given to thee. But she answered, If it please the king, I beseech thee to come to me this day, and Amon with thee to the banquet which I have prepared. And the king said forthwith, Call ye Amon quickly, that he may obey Esther's will. So the king and Amon came to the banquet which the queen had prepared for them. And the king said to her, after he had drunk wine plentifully, What dost thou desire should be given thee? And for what thing askest thou? Although thou shouldst ask the half of my kingdom, thou shalt have it. 
And Esther answered, My petition and request is this. If I have found favor in the king's sight, and if it please the king to give me what I ask and to fulfill my petition, let the king and Amon come to the banquet which I have prepared them, and tomorrow I will open my mind to the king. So Amon went out that day joyful and merry. And when he saw Mordecai sitting before the gate of the palace, and that he not only did not rise up to honor him, but did not so much as move from the place where he sat, he was exceedingly angry. But dissembling his anger, and returning into his house, he called together to him his friends, and Zaris his wife. And he declared to them the greatness of his riches, and the multitude of his children, and with how great glory the king had advanced him above all his princes and servants. And after this he said, Queen Esther also hath invited no other to the banquet with the king but me, and with her I am also to dine tomorrow with the king. And whereas I have all these things, I think I have nothing so long as I see Mordecai the Jews sitting before the king's gate. Then Zares his wife and the rest of his friends answered him, Order a great beam to be prepared, fifty cubits high, and in the morning speak to the king that Mordecai may be hanged upon it, and so thou shalt go full of joy with the king to the banquet. The council pleased him, and he commanded a high gibbet to be prepared. Chapter 6 The king, hearing of the good service done him by Mordecai, commandeth Amon to honor him next to the king, which he performeth. That night the king passed without sleep, and he commanded the histories and chronicles of former times to be brought him. And when they were reading them before him, they came to that place where it was written how Mordecai had discovered the treason of Bagathon and Thares the eunuchs, who sought to kill King Oswaros. And when the king heard this, he said, What honor and reward hath Mordecai received for this fidelity? His servants and ministers said to him, He hath received no reward at all. And the king said immediately, Who is in the court? For Amon was coming into the inner court of the king's house to speak to the king, that he might order Mordecai to be hanged upon the gibbet which was prepared for him. The servants answered, Amon standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. And when he was come in, he said to him, What ought to be done to the man whom the king is desirous to honor? But Amon, thinking in his heart, and supposing that the king would honor no other but himself, answered, The man whom the king desireth to honor ought to be clothed with the king's apparel, and to be set upon the horse that the king rideth upon, and to have the royal crown upon his head. And let the first of the king's princes and nobles hold his horse, and going through the street of the city, proclaim before him, and say, Thus shall he be honored, whom the king hath a mind to honor. The king said to him, Make haste, and take the robe and the horse, and do as thou hast spoken to Mordecai the Jew, who sitteth before the gates of the palace. Beware thou pass over any of those things which thou hast spoken. So Amon took the robe and the horse, and arraying Mordecai in the street of the city, and setting him on the horse, went before him, and proclaimed, This honor is he worthy of whom the king hath a mind to honor. But Mordecai returned to the palace gate, and Amon made haste to go to his house, mourning and having his head covered. And he told Zares his wife and his friends all that had befallen him. And the wise men whom he had in counsel, and his wife answered him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou canst not resist him thou shalt fall in his sight. As they were yet speaking, the king's eunuchs came and compelled him to go quickly to the banquet which the queen had prepared. Chapter 7 Esther's Petition for Herself and Her People 
Amon is hanged upon the gibbet he had prepared for Mordecai. So the king and Amon went in to drink with the queen. And the king said to her again the second day after he was warm with wine, What is thy petition, Esther, that it may be granted thee? And what wilt thou have done, although thou ask the half of my kingdom? Thou shalt have it. Then she answered, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please thee, give me my life for which I ask, and my people for which I request. For we are given up, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. And would God we were sold for bondmen and bondwomen, the evil might be born with, and I would have mourned in silence. But now we have an enemy, whose cruelty redundeth upon the king. And king Osuerus answered and said, Who is this, and of what power, that he should do these things? And Esther said, It is this Amon that is our adversary and most wicked enemy. Amon, hearing this, was forthwith astonished, not being able to bear the countenance of the king and of the queen. But the king, being angry, rose up, and went from the place of the banquet into the garden set with trees. Amon also rose up to entreat Esther the queen for his life, for he understood that evil was prepared for him by the king. And when the king came back out of the garden set with trees, and entered into the place of the banquet, he found Amon was fallen upon the bed on which Esther lay, and he said, he will force the queen also in my presence in my own house. The word was not yet gone out of the king's mouth, and immediately they covered his face. And Harbona, one of the eunuchs that stood waiting on the king, said, Behold the gibbet which he hath prepared for Mordecai, who spoke for the king, standeth in Amon's house, being fifty cubits high. And the king said to him, Hang him upon it. So Amon was hanged on the gibbet, which he had prepared for Mordecai, and the king's wrath ceased. Chapter 8. Mordecai is advanced. Amon's letters are reversed. On that day King Osuerus gave the house of Amon, the Jew's enemy, to Queen Esther, and Mordecai came in before the king, for Esther had confessed to him that he was her uncle. And the king took the ring which he had commanded to be taken again from Amon, and gave it to Mordecai, and Esther sent Mordecai over her house. And not content with these things, she fell down at the king's feet and wept, and speaking to him, besought him that he would give orders that the malice of Amon, the Agagite, and his most wicked devices, which she had invented against the Jews, should be of no effect. But he, as the manner was, held out the golden scepter with his hand, which was the sign of clemency. And she arose up and stood before him, and said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and my request be not disagreeable to him, I beseech thee that the former letters of Amon the traitor and enemy of the Jews, by which he commanded that they should be destroyed in all the king's provinces, may be reversed by new letters. For how can I endure the murdering and slaughter of my people? And King Osuerus answered Esther the queen and Mordecai the Jew, I have given Amon's house to Esther, and I have commanded him to be hanged on a gibbet, because he durst lay hands on the Jews. Write ye therefore to the Jews, as it pleaseth you, in the king's name, seal the letters with my ring. For this was the custom, that no man durst gainsay the letters which were sent in the king's name, and were sealed with his ring. Then the king's scribes and secretaries were called for. Now it was the time of the third month, which is called Sibon, the three-and-twentieth day of the month. And letters were written, as Mordecai had a mind, to the Jews, and to the governors, 
and to the deputies and to the judges who were rulers over the 127 provinces from India even to Ethiopia, to province and province, to people and people according to their languages and characters, and to the Jews according as they could read and hear. And these letters which were sent in the king's name were sealed with his ring and sent by posts who were to run through all the provinces to prevent the former letters with new messages. And the king gave orders to them to speak to the Jews in every city and to command them to gather themselves together and to stand for their lives and to kill and destroy all their enemies with their wives and children and all their houses and to take their spoil. And one day of revenge was appointed through all the provinces to it, the thirteenth of the twelfth month of Adar. And this was the content of the letter, that it should be notified on all lands and peoples that were subject to the empire of King Oswaris, that the Jews were ready to be revenged of their enemies. So the swift posts went out carrying the messages, and the king's edict was hung up in Susan. And Mordecai, going forth out of the palace and from the king's presence, shone in royal apparel, to wit, a violet and sky-color, wearing a golden crown on his head, and clothed with a cloak of silk and purple. And all the city rejoiced and was glad. But to the Jews a new light seemed to rise, joy, honor, and dancing. And in all peoples, cities, and provinces, whithersoever the king's commandments came, there was wonderful rejoicing, feasts, and banquets, and keeping holy day, insomuch that many of other nations and religion joined themselves to their worship and ceremonies, for a great dread of the name of the Jews had fallen upon all. Chapter 9 The Jews kill their enemies that would have killed them. The days of Purim are appointed to be kept holy. So on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which, as we said above, is called Adar, when all the Jews were designed to be massacred, and their enemies were greedy after their blood. The case being altered, the Jews began to have the upper hand and to revenge themselves of their adversaries. And they gathered themselves together in every city and town and place to lay their hands on their enemies and their persecutors. And no one durst withstand them, for the fear of their power had gone through every people. And the judges of the provinces and the governors and lieutenants and everyone in dignity that presided over every place and work extolled the Jews for fear of Mordecai. For they knew him to be prince of the palace, and to have great power. And the fame of his name increased daily, and was spread abroad through all men's mouths. So the Jews made a great slaughter of their enemies, and killed them, repaying according to what they had prepared to do to them. Insomuch that even in Susan they killed five hundred men besides the ten sons of Ammon the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews, whose names are these. Pharsandatha and Delphon, and Esphatha, and Pharatha, and Adelia, and Aridatha, and Fermesta, and Arasai, and Aradai, and Jezatha. And when they had slain them, they would not touch the spoils of their goods. And presently the number of them that were killed in Susan was brought to the king. And he said to the queen, The Jews have killed five hundred men in the city of Susan, besides the ten sons of Ammon. How many dost thou think they have slain in all the provinces? What askest thou more, and what wilt thou have me to command to be done? And she answered, If it please the king, let it be granted to the Jews to do tomorrow in Susan as they have done today, and that the ten sons of Ammon may be hanged upon gibbets. And the king commanded that it should be so done. And 
forthwith the edict was hung up in Susan, and the ten sons of Ammon were hanged. And on the fourteenth day of the month Adar, the Jews gathered themselves together, and they killed in Susan three hundred men, but they took not their substance. Moreover, through all the provinces which were subject to the king's dominion, the Jews stood for their lives, and slew their enemies and persecutors, insomuch that the number of them that were killed amounted to seventy-five thousand, and no man took any of their goods. Now the thirteenth day of the month, Adar, was the first day with them all of the slaughter, and on the fourteenth day they left off, which they ordained to be kept holy day, so that all times hereafter they should celebrate it with feasting, joy, and banquets. But they that were killing in the city of Susan were employed in the slaughter on the thirteenth and fourteenth day of the same month, and on the fifteenth day they rested, and therefore they appointed that day to be a holy day of feasting and gladness. But those Jews that dwelt in towns, not walled, and in villages, appointed the fourteenth day of the month Adar for banquets and gladness, so as to rejoice on that day, and send one another portions of their banquets and meats. And Mordecai wrote all these things, and sent them comprised in letters to the Jews that abode in all the king's provinces, both those that lay near and those afar off. They should receive the fourteenth and fifteenth day of the month Adar for holy days, and always the return of the year should celebrate them with solemn honor. Because on those days the Jews revenged themselves on their enemies, and their mourning and sorrow were turned into mirth and joy, and that these should be days of feasting and gladness, in which they should send one to another portions of meats, and should give gifts to the poor. And the Jews undertook to observe with solemnity all they had begun to do at that time, which Mordecai by letters had commanded to be done. Or Ammon, the son of Amadathai, of the race of Agag, the enemy and adversary of the Jews, had devised evil against them to kill them and destroy them, and had cast fur, that is, the lot. And afterwards Esther went in to the king, beseeching him that his endeavors might be made void by the king's letters, and the evil that he had intended against the Jews might return upon his own head. And so both he and his sons were hanged upon gibbets. And since that time these days are called furin, that is, of lots, because fur, that is, the lot, was cast into the urn, and all things that were done are contained in the volume of this epistle, that is, of this book. And the things that they suffered, and that were afterwards changed, the Jews took upon themselves and their seed, and upon all that had a mind to be joined to their religion, so that it should be lawful for none to pass these days without solemnity, which the writing testifieth and certain times require, as the years continually succeed, one another. These are the days which shall never be forgot, and which all provinces in the whole world shall celebrate throughout all generations. Neither is there any city wherein the days of Furum, that is, of lots, must not be observed by the Jews, and by their posterity which is bound to these ceremonies. And Esther the queen, the daughter of Abihail, and Mordecai the Jew, wrote also a second epistle, that with all diligence this day should be established a festival for the time to come. And they sent to all the Jews that were in the hundred and twenty-seven provinces of King Oswaros that they should have peace and receive truth and observe the days of lots and celebrate them with joy in their proper time, as Mordecai and Esther had appointed. And they undertook them to be observed by themselves and by their seed, fasts and cries, and the days of lots and all things which are contained in the history of this book which is called Esther. Chapter 10. Oswaldus's Greatness, Mordecai's Dignity. 
And King Oswaris made all the land and all the islands of the sea tributary. And his strength and his empire and the dignity and greatness wherewith he exalted Mordecai are written in the books of the Medes and of the Persians. And how Mordecai of the race of the Jews was next after King Oswaris and great among the Jews and acceptable to the people of his brethren seeking the good of his people and speaking those things which were for the welfare of his seed. Then Mordecai said, God hath done these things. I remember a dream that I saw, which signified these same things, and nothing thereof hath failed. The little fountain which grew into a river, and was turned into a light, and into the sun, and abounded into many waters, is Esther, whom the king married and made queen. But the two dragons are I and Ammon. The nations that were assembled are they that endeavored to destroy the name of the Jews. And my nation is Israel, who cried to the Lord, and the Lord saved his people. And he delivered us from all evils, and hath wrought great signs and wonders among the nations. And he commanded that there should be two lots, one of the people of God, and the other of all the nations. And both lots came to the day appointed already from that time before God to all nations. And the Lord remembered his people, and had mercy on his inheritance. These days shall be observed in the month of Adar on the fourteenth and fifteenth day of the same month with all diligence and joy of the people gathered into one assembly throughout all the generations hereafter of the people of Israel. Chapter 11. The dream of Mordecai, which in the ancient Greek and Latin Bibles was in the beginning of the book, but was detached by St. Jerome and put in this place. In the fourth year of the reign of Ptolemy and Cleopatra, Dositheus, who said he was a priest, and of the Levitical race, and Ptolemy his son, brought this epistle of Furum, which they said Lysimachus, the son of Ptolemy, had interpreted in Jerusalem. In the second year of the reign of Artaxerxes the Great, in the first day of the month Nisan, Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Semai, the son of Sis, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Jew who dwelt in the city of Susan, a great man, and among the first of the king's court, had a dream. Now he was of the number of the captives whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away from Jerusalem with Jeconias, king of Judah. And this was his dream. Behold, there were voices and tumults and thunders and earthquakes and a disturbance upon the earth. And behold, two great dragons came forth ready to fight one against another. And at their cry all nations were stirred up to fight against the nation of the just. That was a day of darkness and danger, of tribulation and distress and great fear upon the earth. And the nation of the just was troubled, fearing their own evils, and was prepared for death. And they cried to God, and as they were crying, a little fountain grew into a very great river, and abounded into many waters. The light and the sun rose up, and the humble were exalted, and they devoured the glorious. And when Mordecai had seen this, and arose out of his bed, he was thinking what God would do. And he kept it fixed in his mind, desirous to know what the dream should signify. Chapter 12. Mordecai detects the conspiracy of the two eunuchs. And he abode at that time in the king's court with Bagatha and Thara, the king's eunuchs, who were porters of the palace. And when he understood their designs, and had diligently searched into their projects, he learned that they went about to lay violent hands on King Artaxerxes, and he told the king thereof. Then the king had them both examined, 
and after they had confessed, commanded them to be put to death. But the king made a record of what was done, and Mordecai also committed the memory of the thing to writing. And the king commanded him to abide in the court of the palace, and gave him presents for the information. But Amon, the son of Amadathai, the Bergite, was in great honor with the king, and sought to hurt Mordecai and his people, because of the two eunuchs of the king who were put to death. Chapter 13 a copy of a letter sent by Amon to destroy the Jews, Mordecai's prayer for the people. And this was the copy of the letter. Artaxerxes, the great king who reigneth from India to Ethiopia, to the princes and governors of the hundred and twenty-seven provinces that are subject to his empire. Greeting. Whereas I reigned over many nations, and had brought all the world under my dominion, I was not willing to abuse the greatness of my power, but to govern my subjects with clemency and lenity they might live quietly without any terror, and might enjoy peace which is desired by all men. But when I asked my counselors how this might be accomplished, one that excelled the rest in wisdom and fidelity, and was second after the king, Amon by name, told me that there was a people scattered through the whole world, which used new laws and acted against the customs of all nations, despised the commandments of kings, and violated by their opposition the concord of all nations. Wherefore, having learned this, seeing one nation in opposition to all mankind using perverse laws and going against our commandments and disturbing the peace and concord of the provinces subject to us we have commanded that all whom Amon shall mark out who is chief over all the provinces and second after the king and whom we honor as a father shall be utterly destroyed by their enemies with their wives and children and that none shall have pity on them on the fourteenth day of the twelfth month Adar of this present year that these wicked men going down to hell in one day may restore to our empire the peace which they had disturbed. But Mordecai besought the Lord, remembering all his works, and said, O Lord, Lord, almighty King, for all things are in thy power, and there is none that can resist thy will. If thou determined to save Israel, thou hast made heaven and earth, and all things that are under the cope of heaven. Thou art Lord of all, and there is none that can resist thy majesty. Thou knowest all things, and thou knowest that it was not out of pride and contempt or any desire of glory that I refused to worship the proud Amon, for I would willingly and readily for the salvation of Israel have kissed even the steps of his feet. But I feared lest I should transfer the honor of my God to a man and lest I should adore anyone except my God. And now, O Lord, O King, O God of Abraham, have mercy on thy people, because our enemies resolve to destroy us and extinguish thy inheritance. Despise not thy portion, which thou hast redeemed for thyself out of Egypt. Hear my supplication, and be merciful to thy lot and inheritance, and turn our mourning into joy, that we may live and praise thy name, O Lord, and shut not the mouths of them that sing to thee. And all Israel, with like mind and supplication, cried to the Lord, because they saw certain death hanging over their heads. Chapter 14 The Prayer of Esther for Herself and our people. Queen Esther also, fearing the danger that was at hand, had recourse to the Lord. And when she had laid away her royal apparel, she put on garments suitable for weeping and mourning. Instead of diverse precious ointments, she covered her head with ashes and dung. And she humbled her body with fasts, and all the places in which, before she was accustomed to rejoice, she filled with her torn hair. And she prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, O my Lord, who alone art our king, 
Help me, a desolate woman, and who have no other helper but thee. My danger is in my hands. I have heard of my father, that thou, O Lord, didst take Israel from among all nations, and our fathers from all their predecessors, to possess them as an everlasting inheritance. Thou hast done to them as thou hast promised. We have sinned in thy sight, and therefore thou hast delivered us into the hands of our enemies, for we have worshipped their gods. Thou art just, O Lord. And now they are not content to oppress us with most hard bondage, but attributing the strength of their hands to the power of their idols, they design to change thy promises, and destroy thy inheritance, and shut the mouths of them that praise thee, and extinguish the glory of thy temple and altar, that they may open the mouths of Gentiles, and praise the strength of idols, and magnify forever a carnal king. Give not, O Lord, thy scepter to them that are not, lest they laugh at our ruin, but turn their counsel upon themselves, and destroy him that hath begun to rage against us. Remember, O Lord, and show thyself to us in the time of our tribulation, and give me boldness, O Lord, King of gods, and of all power. Give me a well-ordered speech in my mouth in the presence of the lion, and turn his heart to the hatred of our enemy, that both he himself may perish and the rest that consent to him. But deliver us by thy hand, and help me, who have no other helper but thee, O Lord, who has the knowledge of all things. And thou knowest that I hate the glory of the wicked, and abhor the bed of the uncircumcised, and of every stranger. Thou knowest my necessity, that I abominate the sign of my pride and glory, which is upon my head in the days of my public appearance, and detest it as a menstruous rag, and wear it not in the days of my silence, and that I have not eaten at Amon's table, nor hath the king's banquet pleased me, and that I have not drunk the wine of the drink offerings, and that thy handmaid hath never rejoiced since I was brought hither unto this day, but in thee, O Lord, the God of Abraham. O God, who art mighty above all, hear the voice of them that have no other hope, and deliver us from the hand of the wicked, and deliver me from my fear. Chapter 15 Esther comes into the king's presence. She is terrified, but God turns his heart. And he commanded her, no doubt, but he was Mordecai, to go to the king and petition for her people and for her country. Remember, said he, the days of thy low estate, how thou wast brought up by my hand, because Amon the second after the king hath spoken against us unto death. And do thou call upon the Lord, and speak to the king for us, and deliver us from death. And on the third day she laid away the garments she wore, and put on her glorious apparel. And glittering in royal robes, after she had called upon God the ruler and saviour of all, she took two maids with her. And upon one of them she leaned, as if for delicateness and overmuch tenderness she were not able to bear up her own body. And the other maid followed her lady, bearing up her train flowing on the ground. But she, with a rosy color in her face and with gracious and bright eyes, hid a mind full of anguish and exceeding great fear. So going in, she passed through all the doors in order and stood before the king, where he sat upon his royal throne, clothed with his royal robes, and glittering with gold and precious stones. And he was terrible to behold. And when he had lifted up his countenance, and with burning eyes had shown the wrath of his heart, the queen sunk down, and her color turned pale, and she rested her weary head upon her handmaid. And God changed the king's spirit into mildness, and all in haste and in fear he leaped from his throne, and holding her up in his arms till she came to herself, caressed her with these words. What is the matter, Esther? I am thy brother, fear not. 
Thou shalt not die, for this law is not made for thee, but for all others. Come near then and touch the scepter. And as she held her peace, he took the golden scepter and laid it upon her neck and kissed her and said, Why dost thou not speak to me? She answered, I saw thee, my lord, as an angel of God, and my heart was troubled for fear of thy majesty. For thou, my lord, art very admirable, and thy face is full of graces. And while she was speaking, she fell down again and was almost in a swoon. But the king was troubled, and all his servants comforted her. Chapter 16 A copy of the king's letter in favor of the Jews. The great king Artaxerxes, from India to Ethiopia, to the governors and princes of a hundred and twenty-seven provinces, which obey our command, sendeth greeting. Many have abused unto pride the goodness of princes, and the honor that hath been bestowed upon them, and not only endeavor to oppress the king's subjects, but not bearing the glory that is given them, take in hand to practice also against them that gave it. Neither are they content not to return thanks for benefits received, and to violate in themselves the laws of humanity. But they think they can also escape the justice of God who seeth all things. And they break out into so great madness as to endeavor to undermine by lies such as observe diligently the offices committed to them, and do all things in such manner as to be worthy of all men's praise. While with crafty fraud they deceive the ears of princes that are well-meaning and judge of others by their own nature. Now this is proved both from ancient histories and by the things which are done daily, how the good designs of kings are depraved by the evil suggestions of certain men. Wherefore, we must provide for the peace of all provinces. Neither must you think, if we command different things, that it cometh of the levity of our mind, but that we give sentence according to the quality and necessity of times, as the profit of the commonwealth requireth. Now that you may more plainly understand what we say, Amon, the son of Amadathai, a Macedonian, both in mind and country, and having nothing of the Persian blood, but with his cruelty staining our goodness, was received being a stranger by us, and found our humanity so great towards him that he was called our father, and was worshipped by all as the next man after the king. But he was so far puffed up with arrogancy as to go about to deprive us of our kingdom and life, for with certain new and unheard of devices he hath sought the destruction of Mordecai, by whose fidelity and good services our life was saved, and of Esther, the partner of our kingdom, with all their nation. Thinking that after they were slain he might work treason against us, left alone without friends, and might transfer the kingdom of the Persians to the Macedonians. But we have found that the Jews, who were by that most wicked man appointed to be slain, are in no fault at all, but contrariwise use just laws, and are the children of the highest and the greatest, and the ever-living God, by whose benefit the kingdom was given both to our fathers and to us, and is kept unto this day. Wherefore know ye that those letters which he sent in our name are void and of no effect, for which crime both he himself that devised it and all his kindred hang on gibbets before the gates of this city Susan, not we but God repaying him as he deserved. But this edict which we now send be published in all cities, that the Jews may freely follow their own laws, and you shall aid them, that they may kill those who had prepared themselves to kill them, on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is called Adar. For the Almighty God hath turned this day of sadness and mourning into joy to them. Wherefore you shall also count this day 
among other festival days, and celebrate it with all joy, that it may be known also in times to come, that all they who faithfully obey the Persians receive a worthy reward for their fidelity. But they that are traitors to their kingdom are destroyed for their wickedness. And let every province and city that will not be partaker of this solemnity perish by the sword and by fire, and be destroyed in such manner as to be made unpassable both to men and beasts for an example of contempt and disobedience. Thus concludes the Book of Esther. End of side two, please.